Hey, this is Brad and Sam from the Eleventh Hour Podcast, and you're listening to Puppet Perspectives Podcast. And we'll see you in the pit. All right, everybody, it hasn't been too long for you, but we are back on an episode. This is the Puppet Perspective Podcast, the only podcast where puppets share thoughts on music, movies, media, and more. Dare I say, this is the Number one puppet hosted podcast in the state of New Jersey. Would you say that, Mitch? Yeah, maybe even the universe, as far as we know. But you know, yeah. I mean, there was those ten foot uh, creatures that landed recently in America. So maybe they have a podcast. You know, so they have puppets. Maybe we'll have to find out. But I am your host, Drell. With me is my co-host, Mitch. And if it's your first time listening, what we do on this show is we talk about music, sometimes movies, but today we're doing music. Most of the time we do music, we're back to our usual format. We'll be reviewing three albums that just came out like we normally do all on the same date of June 2nd. So we usually review albums about a week afterwards once we get our chance to listen to all the albums and get our minds wrapped around these uh angelic entries of a musical pleasure or maybe not so much pleasurable but we'll see today on the docket we have the latest from the Foo Fighters this hasn't been too long since they had an album but they are back and they have a lot to say and a lot to uh I guess mourn about so we'll be discussing that also it's a New album from Avenged Sevenfold, the uh, heavy metal band that all the kiddies like, all the, what would we say, Mitch, the millennials or even younger? I don't know who it's for, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we got that. And for the older heads, maybe so myself, the latest from Rancid's out, the punk rock band from the East Bay that's been, uh, you know, influencing a lot of this, this, the genre in the Southern California scene. And uh, I'm a big fan of them, so I will do my best not to be so uh, biased on my review of this. But uh, we will have some fun with that as well. <clears throat> Before we get started, just let you know, um, if you like what you hear, make sure you rate and review our podcast. Let all your friends know about it. And, you know, leave us a comment in your review as well. And give us five stars. Might as well just hit the five stars right now because you're going to love this episode. It's that good. Uh, also, if you become a Patreon. We have a Patreon show every month. Uh, we'll try to do every month we'll have to get back to that starting in july um where we review a classic album that we grew up on and we tell you if it holds up after all this time or if it's uh just as as if it was as bad as we didn't realize we'll just we'll, by the way we try to be fair about it and one of us brings down men and the other ones you know scrutinize it to the best of our abilities while the main person you know sits there sweating bullets to find out <laughs> If we're going to judge you so hardly on your musical taste back when you were like 15. <laughs> it never, it never goes away. Right. It always uh, follows. Never. The guilt, the guilt always follows. All right. So before we start, got to address a situation. We have just recently lost another co-host, not to anything tragic, but our, our uh, female co-host puppet Lauren decided that she cannot do this anymore. And in case you just started listening to our show in the past, I would say three months, you're probably like, who is that? But uh, she was uh, started about a year ago and was my counter part to the Gen X, like, you know, perspective point of view of movies and music and stuff like that. But uh, she said that she cannot maintain the work schedule with what she's going through as well as doing these shows every other week so 
I just got the call a couple hours ago that she will not be coming back. So, uh, Mitch, I told as well, and I guess you had just as much time to come to terms with it as I did. So, um, I guess what we're both going to say, or what I'm saying is when she called me, I went through a combination of uh, disappointment and acceptance at the same time. So that's how it sounded on the, when she said that, you know, you sound, don't, I know you're going to hate me and this and that, and I know you're upset. And I'm like, no. And then she's like, you know, sound like it. But I just said, yeah, I, you know, you haven't been on a show in like months, a regular show anyway, not, not counting the Patreon shows. So I kind of was like expecting it, not just from like, I guess the time, but from when the phone call came through in the first place, you know, yeah. it, was that, it was that much expected to me that was going to happen. Um, so with that and our previous, our other co-host, uh, Tyler, who I, I am hoping he said that he's taking a sabbatical and will come back soon, but I'm hoping that will work out sooner than later. And right now it's just two of us, but we have a potential public co-host that I've been getting in touch with that will be on future shows. And going forward, we're going to have more um, guests on our shows, whether they have, they want, they are going to be like album review, uh, like, you know, kind of like guests or. I'm going to say whether they like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they like that, you're, you're here. You're gonna stay. Get used to it. <laughs> no, it's uh more. I I I was disappointed with the Lauren situation because when I checked the stats of our podcast from last year, the episode that we did together, Token Talk was like our most uh, listened to show. So that was disappointing. But I did notice that this year, our most listened to show was when we had uh, Pillow Pete on. So that got the wheels turning. If we have more guests on to promote what they're doing on every show, as well as do album reviews and just have some goddamn fun, you guys will be enjoying it and we'll probably, you know, go, go higher and higher because right now we are, even though the, the number one puppet um, posted podcast, we are the number four puppet theme podcasts on the site uh i would say i gotta look up the name of it but i was looking i looked up a site and it said that we were number four so i'm like yeah you know better than five right yeah <laughs> so we're in the top five and that's all that yeah, that, that exactly <sighs> all right so get all out of the way just sipping on some uh flat soda with uh some, some rum got myself some miller light might do a little uh shooter a little bit later on the show, just to keep things fun. Um, I would like to catch up with you, Mitch, because uh, we don't get to hang out in person being on so far away in the state of New Jersey. It's actually a bigger state than people think, you know? Yeah. So uh, how has your uh, week been? My week? Um, you know, usually I love to complain about work, but I think that this week work for me was actually pretty chill. You know, I'm so happy you accepted it now. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, so, um, you know, it was nice to, you know, I was just doing a lot of deliveries. I'm left alone. I'm driving places. Fine. I like doing that. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I think I talked about on the, because the last week we did the Patreon, right? Oh, so this will be. That was a regular show. This will be, yeah. This will be, oh, that was that, the regular show? Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So everyone knows I went to the wedding. Um, yeah. 
I, t- I talk about I talked about how I fell off of the scooter when I was drunk on on the way home from my friend's party. You know what's interesting? I think you missed that part of the story. So everyone, recap. Um, Mitch went to a wedding. He, uh, if you have your first show, he actually also um, was working on Memorial Day the week before, like for the last minute, and it made him really upset. He vented on the show, but you didn't mention about bailing on a scooter. Yeah. So um, after throw some my, bread. <laughs> my cousin's wedding is in New York City, so um, by the time we got home, you know, it wasn't like a huge wedding. It wasn't um, didn't go too late. So my family got back here on eleven. I just had them drop me off straight at my friend's place. I was like, I'll figure out a way home. Doesn't matter. They dropped me off, you know, to party. We're all lit. And then um, me and my two uh, best friends, we were like, you know what? Let's let's walk home for old time's sake. Like, fuck on an Uber. We used to walk all the time. Let's just do it. It's not like mm. too bad. For me, it's not too bad. They have to go uphill and shit. I didn't have to do that. <laughs> but we're walking. We're literally down the street from my house. Like, I can pretty much see my house from where we are on my street. But this house down the street, they're throwing out three perfectly good Razor scooters. And, you know, when you're drunk boys in their 20s and you see a bunch of Razor scooters, you're going to want to ride that shit. Yeah, so, whether they're perfect or not, you're saying. Yeah, that- yeah. But they, they were fine. Like, this whole time, the scooters are not at fault. My yeah. one friend goes zipping down the street. Sure. I grab one. I try to do a little trick. I try to, like, do a little thing where you, you kick it and it spins around and you jump and land back on it. Uh, it's probably a word for it, a fun word for it. <laughs> but uh, twisty McSpin is what I'll call it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> twisty McSpin. And uh, I guess I just, I didn't time the hop right. And I just completely missed it. I fell right on my fucking ass. I got a gnarly fucking bruise on my uh, left arm. My left arm was like fucked for a few days, which mm-hmm. sucks because I'm lifting shit at work all day. All the stitching came out. Yeah, you had to sew that together, or was it was it really a bad um, bad tear on the old puppet arm, or is it okay? No, nah, you know it's okay. You know, with okay, just that's the, good. Just two little uh, stitches, no problem. Just a, just a scratch, <laughs> just a flesh yeah. wound, as they say in the movies. <laughs> so not no big bad road rash. Where if like, if they still had that show scarred on MTV, you wouldn't be on it, right? Oh no, it's not that bad. I mean, it's uh, just like. like Oh, that does better now. But <laughs> Mitch is showing me me his uh his gash. I almost lost my dinner. Be like a little gore on this show. <laughs> Audio gore, you know. <laughs> just ima- now, if I had to describe it to listeners, it was just um, it's just a red pus coming out of his elbow. Yeah. Just and it, it, yeah, dried up. For, for, fortunately, this was uh over a week ago, right? Uh, yeah. This is yeah, pretty much a week a week ago. Just crazy. Time goes by too fast. Not fast enough, man. Yeah, well, sick. how anything else crazy? Um, I saw Spider Verse again. <laughs> or you just oh, saw no, one? I already talked about that. See, that's the thing. Yeah. I, think I, I can't keep track of time anymore. <laughs> no, I yeah. am going to see it again. I mean, this week I'm seeing fucking Transformers. Not that I have interest. Right. In yeah. Yeah. I'm doing that Tuesday, but I, I'm trying to squeeze in seeing Spider-Man again because I really did love it. And there's like yeah, this, shit to catch, you know, if you watch it again. Yeah, Mitch is our movie uh, viewer who does a minute movie reviews on our YouTube channel. And he also is going to be pretty booked this, this month of June. is like a lot of stuff coming out, right? Like this the- July more so, you know. July more so? Okay. You know, I've got I've already got my ticket for Oppenheimer. Definitely, definitely Barbie. Barbie. 
There's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, Indiana Jones, a lot of shit. Okay, that's your line. Okay, I thought there was something coming out. Well, I guess you already mentioned Transformer, then also um, Spider Man is out, so they're com- probably competing. And I think this Element movie comes out this month, right? Uh, oh yeah, cartoon. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll see that. Okay, yeah, it might be. It might. It might get uh, swept up in all the this, this chaos of films coming out, but. Mitch might give us an idea what it's like. Uh, we actually are. I did. I just saw something breaking that happened uh, thirty years ago today at the time we're recording this podcast. I think we should talk about it in a, in a bit. But let me get to what I went to. Uh, this today was uh, this uh, thing in down this down in the town down the way behind, behind me called. Uh, you ever heard of this record riot thing? that they do no nah. uh basically like all these uh record store like come together and they do like this event in different places start out in brooklyn in 2008 and then it kind of grew for the past 15 years and now they go to all these different places like connecticut and new jersey and uh different and they they show up you know how scarce record stores are now ever since yeah, very sad yeah so now they have them all around. So I'm going to actually, let me show you where, what I went to today. Um, so I went to this thing in uh, this town called Hillsborough, New Jersey, which is really close to where I live. So it's about a 15 minute drive there. And let's see, we can check it out. Yep, this is it right here. They had the uh, Hillsborough record riot today. It was uh, tickets were, you had to actually get tickets to this event. And if you can see all these people gather around looking at different vinyls and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you um, just, you have to pay, it's from 11, a, it was from 11 a.m. to five. And you basically had to, you know, get an Eventbrite ticket. And I just want to say it was a really, really cool um, experience to do that. Um, I recall where we're from, this place called uh, Vintage Vinyl was uh, down from where we, we did an episode when it closed uh, about a couple years ago and it was really devastating to me and uh as well submit to, to mitch when you yeah yeah I, was, I have the i have a poster right next to me right now it says vintage vinyl on it very sad. so they were like oh we're closing so i got there as soon as i could and there's like scarcely anything to get so this was kind of what i was worrying about with this whole event so when they said like they have an early bird thing like if you pay an extra ten dollars because it's five dollars to get in at eleven o'clock. If you want to go to like the nine o'clock one, it was like oh, it's like fifteen dollars, so it's ten dollars to do earlier. If you want to go in even earlier at eight o'clock, it's twenty five dollars. So it's like I don't want to go that early, so I'll just go like the nine o'clock one. So I got my ticket for that, and I it was weird as when I got to the place this morning, it's like they barely like really looked at it, but you know, other than that, it's like CDs all these records some um like dvds like obviously those are going to be cheap yes. and i just i don't know like if you because i know you like to like go to the record stores and like peruse stuff like that but yeah. i always feel like it's so like overwhelming because there's just so much to look through because it's like it just says a and it's like just like hundreds yes, of records I, I like when it's sorted alphabetically but also like by like there's sections of genres you know what i mean it's like mm-hmm. this is punk hardcore this is country you know what i mean and then it's just like abcd i like that shit but when it's just like super vague like yeah. like 
out urban outfitters you know what i mean <laughs> well surprisingly that's the first way you said it is exactly how they had it and it's different sections for different um excuse me for different uh record stores that were doing it and they had it like that where it's like this is all the hip-hop we have this is this and that and then but then sometimes it'll have like the artists like you see you used to see at like your sam goody or whatever like that yeah and then that was cool but then after that it's like just a letter and then it's like oh this is all our classic rock here and this and that so i'm actually going to show mitch um what i ended up doing because i had no idea records are so expensive i keep forgetting that you know i'm, I'm trying to so it's like obviously the cds were like five dollars but i was like i don't know i like i was going to get one but for some weird reason it's like i don't feel like this <laughs> i don't feel anything when i buy a cd anymore like i used to yeah but when i bought when i buy a record uh i feel like you know i feel this more possession <laughs> to do it. i don't know why it's weird because it's, it's, like, it's more this, value than a cd <laughs> it feels like this is this was a lot harder to obtain than if i just went on amazon and bought the cd and it mailed it to me like i feel yeah. like i i went out and worked for this and it's like oh this record is like oh this is cool according to like you know, the internet this is what i should own on vinyl so i was looking through that because i'm like i don't know what even to get so i'm like um, so I'm just looking like, what to, what did the internet tell me to do? <laughs> Guide me internet. And what's kind of great about that is, um, again, going back to the old days is like, you have to just, oh, the album looks cool. I guess I'll buy it and take a gamble. <laughs> and now it's just like, oh, that album looks cool. Let me see what the reviews got. <laughs> then I'll, then I'll make the that about it. <laughs> yeah. Because, cause you know, you see, it's like, oh, that's a cool record. You pick it up and it's like, $30. That's a lot for it. I didn't want to spend that much. And you see something like, oh, this is good. $10. Perfect. But then when you flip it over, it's a single. So it's like two songs yeah. on it. It's like, <laughs> of course. So it was like, um, I ended up looking and looking around, spent two hours there. I took that. So I think I did a good job of that and ended up picking up six vinyls for a hundred dollars. Not bad. And let me show you, uh, let me show Mitch what I got that get his approval or not. So first, I got this um, oh, Prince, Prince um, Purple Rain uh, limited edition. It's the picture it, disc. Yeah, and it's like oh, no. looks pretty cool, right? Yeah, it's dope. And um, listen to it on the record player to make sure it worked, and it did. Also, for this the ska in me, I got the this Madness album. Um, the you know from the whatever the uh british ska two-tone band this album is called seven it's i only recognize the song gray day i've heard but there's a lot of other songs on here on side a and b one and two that i'm like oh, i'll check that out it's cool whenever you need to pick it up <laughs> i had to pick it up pick that pick that yeah <laughs> got this uh killing killing joke album i heard apparently there's two killing joke band there's one hardcore band and one but the one i got is the one that's uh also british uh post-punk band Word. so when I, when I i'm like oh what do they sound like to the, the guy selling it and he's like he pull his phone out and play like a little bit of it i'm like because i'm like oh maybe they're like the smiths something like that but they're a little bit like new wavy but like you know got like the 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 ting of the post-punk edge to it so i'm like hey check it out got this uh guy told me this is a good fleetwood mac album tusk so I said, I'm not, I'm just hearing new things about this, this fit with Mac band. So I'm like, let me new check band. that out. Yeah, just, so I figured I'd pick it up. 
as well. And um, he said it's really good. So I'll give that a, I'll give that a spin. Um, have you heard of this band called Champion? Um, seems to me as hardcore. Yeah, only based on the album cover you can see, right? There's like a pit happening, like your youth of t- youth of today. Like, yeah, I, I might have, I might have heard of them before. Well, I looked it up, but they are basically kind of like that same element where the straight edge hardcore. But they only been they were only a, for a band for seven years, from like 1999 to 2006. The, the, some of the best hardcore bands, like Minor Threat, was only a thing for like three years. Best yeah. hardcore only exists for a short period of time. Gulch recently, they were only around for like three. <laughs> This is an example of me buying something that just with the album cover alone. I'm like, oh, that looks like a hardcore. It's black and white. So I'm like, the album I picked up is called Different Directions, and it's their last show. So I'm assuming this is like a live um, vinyl or something like that. So hopefully the the audio at the show is good. And finally, (laughs) this one cracked up me. It cracked up my wife as well when I brought it home. (laughs) Is that Mac and me? Yeah. Holy shit. The Mac and Me soundtrack. That. That's amazing. Thanks. Now I was like 25 bucks. This is this better than the movie? <laughs> he couldn't he couldn't agree with that. So I talked him down to 15. Do they have the audio of uh of him going down the fucking cliff? <laughs> yeah, that's on that's on side too. But they do have on the back a photograph of him like speeding down the hill. But that's fucking hilarious. I'm still to this day apologizing to my uncle for taking me to see this because it was my idea. <laughs> and he luckily he's like, I don't remember even seeing that. I'm like, okay, cool, keep it that way. <laughs> but again, <laughs> I'm totally sorry about that. But I was so funny that this was there. So I'm like, I how have to thank it for one of the only funny running late night jokes on TV. <laughs> <laughs> and when I saw that, I would never have guessed that Paul Rudd was probably in another theater at the same time. Like, I should do that on Sunday yeah. on. If you guys someone, were two rows away. Yeah, yeah. Me and Red, you know, we we hang out all the time. So you guys are always just like walking by, you know. You'd walk in the bathroom and you walked out. You guys cross paths all the time. We were the only ones that walked out of that theater there. We're like, this movie was brilliant. Why, why did they ever make a movie about an alien coming down to Earth and befriending a little boy before? This is the first time it's happened. Fuck Citizen Kane. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best film ever. Yeah, then we were told this movie called E.T. existed. And I'm like, what? No, but in all seriousness, it was like, it's, it, I knew it was like that movie. So I'm like, well, as long as you do a movie, like a movie I like, I'll go see it. I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't, um, I didn't discriminate as much as I do now. Yeah, you had little kid brain. Yeah, exactly. I was only like 36 at the time, so. <laughs> so, yeah, so now I can have my own vinyl Final parties? Do they still do that? Do they still have vinyl parties, where you no, just no. But me and my friends talk about doing it. <laughs> well, now I can play records some. and we're like hanging out and shit. You know, we all have parties about it. And smoke. Well, I uh, smoke. Yeah, you both. We supposed to smoke the reefer and have a big smoking jacket on, like cigars and stuff like that. I say, I remember this pressure and shit. But then, like, oh wait, wait, listen, listen. You hear that? You hear that breakdown? Oh my god. Like, you know, I see then, this breakdown. <laughs> so it's just, I, I, I'm just, I heard that they do that. I'm getting my hipster on, Mitch. I'm trying to get my hipster on, getting some, get some finals. And eventually soon I'll be wearing like, you know, sweaters and got, got the thick green glasses and be as pretentious as possible. And someday 
we can bring the podcast to um to 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 Brooklyn and you know really excel. Yeah, the mecca, the hipster mecca, you know, as they say. Oh shit! Speaking of records, I got my Sound Exchange shirt. Sound Exchange in Wayne, New Jersey. Shout out! I fucking love that place. I've gotten some really good hardcore records there. All right. So wait, that's that's how far is that? That's well, that's south of Jersey, South Jersey or North Jersey. I can't remember. In Wayne, that's only like fifteen minutes away from it. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. And uh, how would you? How besides that, did they have a good selection? Let's uh, yeah, let's fuck them right now. It seems like a. I mean, it is like kind of a small place, but every time I'm in there, I find like five, six things that I want to get. You know, I've gotten some really dope CDs there. I got um Norma Jean, uh, Bless the Martyr. Yeah. yeah. Child. I got that there. Um, I hope I got some like fucking Beastie Boys there and shit. But uh, yeah, some really like I got Incendiary, like a really rare pressing of um, Incendiary Cost of Living, which was like really fucking dope. Um, yeah, I think I've gotten like stuff for my girlfriend there before too. Um, some like rare like Barbie record. <laughs> Barbie girl. Yeah. <laughs> And my friend found that Aqua CD that has Barbie Girl on it and gave it to me. So it's in my car right now. <laughs> Got the extended version of that, huh? Like the extended yeah. mix. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, let's uh, absolutely let's go to more of these things. And I just want to um, give a quick, quick shout out before I ask. I had a, a, a dilemma I wanted to ask you, Mitch. Quick shout out to the, ba- uh, if I go to our YouTube channel, um, public perspectives on YouTube, you'll see me and Mitch did a review for a local band called uh, Based Out, and that's doing pretty well, getting up, especially from the members of the band themselves. And um, we asked them in the video to let us know when they're on tour, coming up to our area in New Jersey, and they are. So I just want to, since, since I told them I couldn't make it because I will be out of town at a wedding in uh, the end of this month, I wanted to pass it on to you, Mitch. Uh, they have two shows coming up um let me see if i can find one's in um i would say the brooklyn area word and one is in asbury park new jersey so i figured you probably want to go to that but they don't have the name of the venue they're playing at yet so um let me see if i can find where they're playing in in new york yeah Uh, i mean i i love going to asbury so i would definitely hit up that so new york's new york new york on the 26th of this month they will be at the Sultan Room, and I looked it up. I'm I'm assuming that's in Brooklyn. I believe that's not actually like the Manhattan or anything like that. Or I can let you know when they tell us where they'll be playing on Tuesday, the 27th in Asbury Park. The the venue the venue is a question mark right now. EBA. Yeah. So I just figured I'd let you know that, Mitch. I didn't want to forget. Yeah, yeah. I might have to check that out because I really did uh, find their album. That was dope. All right, we're going to get to some album reviews in a second, but before we do, I wanted to ask Mitch a question. So um, this will be one of those uh, what would you do situations or how would you react to this? Be so, not, not be nice. <laughs> this might be hard because you actually are in your 20s, so you probably don't have a lot of friends that have gotten married yet, even though you did say you went to a wedding. Yeah. yeah. But then there's also like the, the bachelor slash bachelorette party and my wife was talking, telling me that her uh, sister went to a bachelorette party with her, that for her friend this weekend. And she said that on, while there, 
the couple of the other girls hired a uh, a male stripper who was in the BDSM. Okay. <laughs> and the guy showed up and just got completely naked. And uh, so did a couple of the girls in the bachelorette party. All right. <laughs> and a couple of those girls hung out in the bed with 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 that guy, whereas the person that it's actually for was like not comfortable with it, and neither was the sis, sis, my sister in law. But she was um, peeking out ever so often and documenting it through text back to my wife last night what was occurring. So uh, she did say that the two girls that were getting naked were are married currently. So, okay, I see where you're probably going to go with this. So when she told me this story, I was like, okay. And she's like, okay, like, like, why am I not getting like, you know, more like, you know, open arms about this situation? Because I'm like looking at it like, oh, this is like, the bachelor slash bachelor party i guess is that whole vegas attitude for that night wherever you go this is that night this is what we do um so then of course you get thrown that question like well if like i did that would you be okay or are you condoning that action so now you're saying it's okay so i was just like i don't really i have this thing where it's kind of like how can I, I threw back to the question, how can I get uh, um, outraged about something if I didn't know it happened? So that's my question then to you. Like, is there like a, since you're in a relationship right now, are there certain things where you'll be like, okay, if she is best, because you're, you're in a current relationship right now, if she went to like do a party or anything for that nature and did something that you would be obviously upset about, would it be best not to tell you? And you can just live No, I'd want to know, because then I would know their morals and then want to like, because I don't fuck with that. Because I wouldn't do that. You know, I'm a guy and it's like, oh, bachelor party, like strip club, have strippers around. I just, I literally have zero, I've never had fucking interest in that at all. And okay. I don't really understand it. Because <laughs> it's like, I don't know, I could get in that for a while, but it's just like, yeah, no, it's just like that's still betrayal and shit, you know, to, uh, deep down. And it's just like, if like years later, if it's like years later, it's like, oh, we're all drunk and it's just like, huh, yeah, one time I was in naked in bed with a stripper. I'd be like, while we were married, yeah, I'd be like, I feel weird near you now forever. You know what I mean? But that's why I was getting at the point where if that conversation didn't occur, then what are you weirded about? So I was like, I'm assuming that these two girls are going to go back to their husbands and not bring it up or ever do something like that on a regular. I am assuming that it was just that situation there. I'm not saying I'm saying it's okay or whatever like that. I'm just like, kind of like, I wasn't, I'm thinking about myself in the past when she told me this kind of thing when we first got together, I was that whole champion, like, fuck that, blah, blah, blah. Cause she would tell me about people that were being dishonest to their person and I didn't even know them and I would still get like offended and stuff like that I just want to know what what is happening to me Mitch why am I just so like apathetic about like I guess we would call this cheating 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's some form of betrayal for sure. I don't know. I don't feel. I wouldn't feel good about that. <laughs> yeah. So why don't I like? Maybe you can be my like you know amateur like psychologist. Why don't I care? <laughs> why am I not outraged? <laughs> you seem like you are. <laughs> I don't know. It's just different different morals. Different different people have different experiences in their life that make them think do and say different things so it's just like i don't know everyone's different it's just kind of yeah. like i mean live your life but it's just personally if i was in that situation it's just like i wouldn't want to be in that situation it's just like, it's just like well if you didn't know and it's like well if i don't know then i don't know so it's like how am i supposed to react to you know what i mean how am i supposed to have an opinion if i don't know mm-hmm. but so have you so have you ever been like let's not go in that situation have you ever been in a situation where the per- you you know the person is going to be upset if they know the truth but there is a way that they will never ever ever know as long as you don't say anything have you ever been in that situation and have you always just picked the side of like i'm gonna tell as opposed to not let's start with small things like oh, hey fuck. say getting let's so start- goddamn deep it's like <laughs> oh yeah yeah man jesus like that's a really heavy question it's like do i lie (laughs) yeah i mean it's never about like i just i don't know let's let's start with this first then i I just try not to be in situations where i have to fucking do that because i get incredibly anxious about things and i hate dealing with situations and i hate when people are fucking mad at me or the possibility of anyone being mad at me so Mm -hmm. you know it's just like I'm just not in that shit. I'm not in these situations. And if I am, I want to yeah. die the whole time. <laughs> okay. Well, there's like situations when you're like, for example, like say like your girlfriend hates this girl that she knows you used to be with. Like she's like, so obviously you're hanging out at this like bar and she's there and you're like, oh, like I'm sure like, and you know, you, nothing happens. You just, she's happens to be there. So you're like, well, if I, and she's like, oh, how was at the bar last night? Well, if I tell her that, you know, such such there, she's going to be mad. It's going to be a big deal. But if I don't say anything, then she doesn't know, and then life goes on. In that you situation, I think that my anxious mind would immediately be like, they're going to find out anyway. Someone's going to say something. You know what I mean? Because it's like, I'm not at a bar alone. I'm with there with you. So it's like, well, something's going to happen. So it's like, I'm just going to, if something, you know, I, I will say whatever, you know, I always... I, I I don't know. I'm just truthful with the person that I'm with, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's good then, man. That's yeah. good. I don't know. Because I, I just, I, I like, that's such like an, I don't know. It's so, it's like too much to do to yourself. Like, why would you give yourself the stress of having to hold up like stupid lies and stuff? It's just like, life is fucking stressful enough, you know? Like, why lie about shit? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that poses two final two final questions. And one, if you know someone cheats at a bachelor party and no one's around, did it really happen? I guess you already answered that. That's a yes. Well, yeah. I mean, especially because <laughs> like you're with other people. Like even if it's like if you disappear and another girl disappears and this group of people, someone that you're with is gonna be like, oh well, clearly they just went off to fuck or some shit, and mm-hmm. it's like there's witnesses you know what i mean there's always witnesses so you have like, to you have to kill them you have yeah. to kill them all right yeah. <laughs> you so have to like, murder everybody that scene even if it's like oh i'm totally gonna get away with it there's always just that like 
What if I don't? You know, so it's like, don't. And and it's like, if you're gonna anyway, don't be in a fucking relationship. Clearly. Yeah. Like, you want to go do other shit, then go do other shit, but don't, like, fucking have someone else, like, all intermingled in that shit because then eventually you're gonna have to deal with all these ugly things and lies and all that shit eventually it catches up yeah dies or you break up (laughs) come up you know mitch is basically saying if you kill someone do not do not have me around (laughs) yeah the second someone the second the police like say hey i gotta talk to you like you're done oh yeah the police are different they're not well, I'm not gonna get too into it, but it, F- you know, F- I don't <laughs> yeah, look like- the way that I look at regular people. So yeah, it's yeah. just, <laughs> it's yeah. honestly, you should always lie to the police. That's what I'll say. Never, <laughs> never fucking tell the police shit. Is what I would say. <laughs> put it that. Don't tell them anything. Put that on the bumper sticker, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you won't get pulled over every five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what was the other question i uh thing i had oh um and the other thing i had to ask is is it lying if you just don't say anything what's the difference between saying a lie and just keeping a secret i guess my question is secrets are lies in our hearts i don't know i'm trying to think of some, <laughs> some, some emo quotes. shit yeah. yeah i don't know <laughs> some dashboard lyrics i don't know yeah <laughs> um yeah I, I mean that's still like what the like the guilt won't fucking eat you alive that's crazy like i wish that i was you wish you had that right yeah yeah i, I like genuinely like, sometimes i'm like like at work mm-hmm. i'm like when, like there's a customer that's just like so blissfully unaware of the world and everything i'm just like man wish i wish i was that stupid you know, I, <laughs> I would be so much happier if i just wasn't like self-aware i was able to just like do things without having to like feel feelings about them i guess or right. think about how other people will feel but yeah like everything is too much all the time <laughs> yeah yeah right. right wednesday i feel like i'm in therapy <laughs> <laughs> well Okay, I just wanted to, I just love having these conversations with people, and it's kind of, it might be interesting to, like, maybe as you get in a relationship longer, maybe they're both, since they're the ones that called the person that was their intention all along, as opposed to, like, oh, this is just happening, we're drunk, and it's just, like, spiraling into this, like, let's get naked and put our fingers in our butt, it's no big deal, you know, this is actually what occurred, so. I don't know, like, in the, in the more digital age and shit, I guess towards the end of like my most long-term relationship I've had, mm-hmm. I was starting to see her liking, you know, like guys' pictures and shit on like Twitter and stuff that like weren't me, that were like really ripped. And it's like, clearly I don't look like that. And right. I was like, this wasn't happening before and now it's happening. And I feel like that, that means something. <laughs> and right. then, sure enough, it ended. <laughs> okay. Well, let's. Uh, I would love to hear what everyone else out there thinks about this. Is this whole what go what what really should go at these kind of like you know bachelor bachelorette party things? And is this one of those things where it's like that? It's just like a didn't happen, and it's just all that bets are off. Mitch is yeah. saying no, it's not. You're still in a relationship once you walk out the door to all the way when you come back on that that night. Yeah, that's just um, weird. I, I feel like that's something that's like gonna die out of that sort of tradition you know what i mean with my with my pc generation, <laughs> woke generation 
whatever but you know i don't think that's a bad thing <laughs> yeah that's, that's definitely not a bad thing if that's the case because i remember that was like the people older than me as would tell me that was like the requirement when you're going out to your bachelor parties you have to cheat that night yeah just, i mean like, the last time the you movie will tell you that <laughs> but it's just like i don't need it yeah i'm already awkward in general and what now i'm gonna have someone waving their tits in front of me how i don't even know what i would do in that situation oh, very good i don't know like that's just <laughs> So uh, not fun to me. <laughs> Capital knockers. Like, with my friends, like we have been doing our entire lives. That's my ideal bachelor party. I just want to have right. get like a cabin somewhere. Just have like a nice fire with the guys, you know, so, like bring like a shitload of blunts or something and just like chill. That's all I want. Oh man, these uh, strippers are going to have to find some, uh, some, uh, a new side hustle since uh, all, since it's bachelor party are going to be going south after a while. If, if you know if my friends invite if invite strippers, I'm I'm putting them to work. They're gonna be chopping lumber, cooking <laughs> the fire. I'm gonna have them on the grill. You know, uh, it's it's. I'll, like, I'll pay you, but I, you don't have to take your fucking clothes off. You can work. <laughs> like this totally sucks. <laughs> Whatever. Then leave. <laughs> you still owe me a grand. <laughs> All right. Well. We've got that. Let's uh, take a little uh, ad break. We'll be right back. We'll be talking about um, a film that is celebrating their 30-year anniversary, and we'll do our album reviews, like I promised, right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. Ah, this is the perfect way to spend a nice summer day, hanging out poolside with my buddy Mitch. Amazing, man. Just the sun, you know, it's not too hot. It's perfect out right now. Now, I suppose you're wondering how I got this pool considering this isn't even my house. Yeah, do, do, how did we get here? I, I kind of just woke up. What, what's going on? Well, I know you're thinking that we're trespassing, but I want to tell you about this app I use called Swimply. It's actually the Airbnb of pools. Basically, you can rent a private pool in your area for as low as $30 an hour. You can do above ground or in ground pools. And some have the amenities like the water slide, as you can see up here, hot tub, fire pits, you can even grill if you want. And some have like other things you can do, like tennis courts, basketball courts, and pickleball. I've been meaning to understand what that even is. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect for hosting parties or just hanging out, relaxing on a warm afternoon with your closest homie, like I'm doing right now. Also, if you have a pool, get in on the action. I know you have some friends that have their own pools, right? Oh, you yeah. Tell them about it. They can make some money renting out their pool, and they can keep it going. So tell them right now, because if they join today, they can get an extra 10% off on their first booking. So hurry up and sign up today and make a big splash. Now back to the show. And we're back, and it's time to break some news. <laughs> I was not sure what we should talk about either. Like I just told uh, Mitch off the air, uh, Brian Cranston announced that he's retiring from acting in 2026. Uh, so we got some time for a Breaking Bad uh, spinoff. Spinoff? <laughs> I don't know. What that else was the reunion doing? thing like the Harry Potter cast did. Yeah. <laughs> also, um, we just lost, tragically, we just lost a... Uh, Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, <laughs> passed away in prison from 
sadly from cancer. I know. I don't know if you've read about heard about him in history class. Um, oh yeah, I know about the. <laughs> you know, the, the funniest fucking. You know, the way I found out that he died is fucking hilarious. Someone shared this clip from a couple years ago. It was during quarantine, I believe. Um, and Terry Crews was doing some sort of like charity live stream for uh, I, th- I think it was American Red Cross, and like people would donate, you know, and it was like on Twitch or some shit. So it's like you can pretty much make your name anything on there. Yes. So someone made their name Ted Kaczynski, and they donated like a good amount of money. So then, mm-hmm. like, if you donate enough money, he would do that thing where he makes this like pecs go up and down. <laughs> And he, he started doing that, and he's like, Ted Kaczynski, thank you so much, man. And then, like, his friend, Oscar Ian, is, like, laughing his ass off. He's like, what? And he's like, it's the fucking Unabomber, man. And he's, they all just start laughing their asses off. And, like, the video is like, when I remember Ted Kaczynski, this is what I think of. And RIP. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, I thought most people remember him from the Will Ferrell impressions on Saturday Night Live. But that is actually... Actually, you telling it to me, it sounds funnier than all of those together. But <laughs> kids out there, if you don't know about who Tekinski is, just either watch the clip that Mitch just brought up or yeah, watch SNL from like the late 90s of Will Ferrell playing the role and you'll get everything you need to know about his uh, his history from the, those sketches. And it's a, it's a lot more uh, comical than the tragic thing that he was doing. Um, so I was like, should we talk about that? But I'm, like, but I'm like, no, I think we'll keep it light today. And I figured since it's the... I just read, saw this in the news that today marks the 30th anniversary of this groundbreaking film. The first discovery was made in the spring of 1990. From a mine in South America came a piece of amber containing the fossilized remains of a prehistoric mosquito. One of many that had fed upon the blood of dinosaurs. From the DNA in that blood, science was able to recreate those giants and for the first time man and dinosaur shared the earth it happened at a place called jurassic park this summer director steven spielberg will take you there now i'll tell you this right now mitch i showed that teaser trailer because 30 years ago, around that time, that is all we got. So I'm going to give you this. That's right, everyone. It's time this recording. Recording a show on uh, June 11th, exactly 30 years ago, Jurassic Park debuted in the movie theaters to like a widespread acclaim. And I was there the next day, I should say. I saw it that Saturday. So at the time, you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> is 30 years ago when I saw Jurassic Park for the first time. And um, I thought it would be cool to like kind of talk about our first experience to seeing the movie because it'll be me who was even alive when it happened and Mitch who uh, was not born yet. So saw it in a different way. So um, I'm sure Mitch, you've heard people, your elders talking about, oh my God, this was like a life-changing moment for me going to the theater. Well, yeah, I mean, when you look, even today, it's just, like, the effects and all of that, like, the dinosaurs are are better than a lot of the shit that comes out now. You know what I mean? It looks oh, yeah. hmm. so fucking good. Yeah, it looks amazing. To, I, I feel like I watched it maybe, like, two years ago I rewatched. This was the last time I watched Jurassic Park. And I was like, god damn, like, this still really holds up, in my mind, at least. Like, and especially for the time. I mean, that's, like, it was 
fucking terrifying, I'm sure, sitting in the theater and seeing that shit. Yeah, what's interesting was, like, they didn't, they did, like, I don't know, I would say back then, like, with the trailer, the trailer I just showed, it was, like, they didn't show you anything about that's what was happening. So it was, like, they would show, like, they show a couple scenes, like, oh, there's a there's a foot of a Tyrannosaurus foot, like, stepping in the mud. Oh, there's, like, you know, the, um, the lady is, like, uh, the the blonde girl uh, Laura Dunn look, is looking up and sure. she's like, "Oh my God, what is that?" And then it just cuts to another thing. So they never showed you like the dinosaurs really, or they would show you like like little like angles of it, but you yeah. didn't actually get to see it in, if, unless you went to the theater that day. But and maybe like a month later, if you hadn't seen it yet, they were the trailers were start the commercials on TV were like showing you more stuff. But it was really cool. Like you see like oh the water is like you know rip, rippling, and then that's all they showed you or the kids reacting and then you go to see it. And it was like, I do remember going with my dad that, that, that Saturday afternoon and that theater was like packed and just seeing that. And then um, like, when you finally see the brontosauruses, when they show you that scene, what, what she's looking at, you're just yeah. like, you're just all, yeah. <laughs> what are those? <laughs> <laughs> I also always fucking think about that now, and I see it has ruined my goddamn. Yeah, I know, <laughs> and you're just like, oh my god! And then this, um, I just was remember we just the theater was just like in, in awe, and I just I still when I movie I think about it. It's like I don't know if you do this today with the way movies are, but you'll watch a movie and you'll like you'll remember like a specific reaction from like the audience when you saw it in the theater i don't know if you if that happens for people today but oh, yeah. i still i still watch like the scene when um they're running they're driving the the, the jeep and you know you know uh jeff golden like uh, uh, yes I'm, uh, I'm i'm very alarmed here <laughs> and then you know the tricep transformers comes out and they're running and uh the, the 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 guy's driving and then they cut to like the um the side mirror and then it's like you know objects close in the ears and then like the dinosaurs coming and everyone in the back just screamed because like I guess what we're all thinking is like if it's closer than it's and then it looks, it's like there's that dinosaur's about to eat them right now because we uh <laughs> I, I I'll tell you in a second, but there's like you know certain iconic scenes I want to like go over. But that was my first experience walking out of that movie and just being like in awe and going to school that Monday and like, you know, who saw this movie yet? And just yeah. like, and then just like, you know, my God, that was like the greatest, best experience I had in a theater, like since like Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> I don't know. I can't think of anything right away, but there's like, I would honestly say like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And then like, that was like, you know, stuff I think about going back in my life, like seeing it in the theater. I'm like, wow, that was fucking amazing. And this is a, a life changing moment for me that I will never forget. Uh, so We'll, we'll cut from 1993 to the year that Mitch saw this movie and get your experience the first time seeing Jurassic Park. Yeah, I mean, um, I was a little kid. <laughs> I don't remember what age I was. I know I was a little sometime before 2009. Um, I, I was at my grandpa's and he showed me a lot of, you know, the classics, you know, a lot of like the Spielberg shit. I watched everything you know john yeah. Hughes, everything i watched at my grandpa's and um he showed me jurassic park and i was so fucking into it the whole time as soon yeah. as it started and like 
just the score is spectacular. I just like every time I hear that classic score, it it does the same thing that like the Star Wars theme or like the Harry Potter theme. It's all it's one it's just one of those fucking classics, and I immediately get the chills. I start tearing up. It's amazing. It's it was it's truly one of the greatest. I mean, it's the best dinosaur movie. <laughs> it still is. I don't go fuck about like the Jurassic World and all that. Like Jurassic Park, original Jurassic Park, amazing. Spielberg, like really blew it out of the water with that shit. And like I said, was saying earlier, it's just like it, I so many of the visuals still hold up. Like you don't, I don't look at it and I'm like, this is cheesy as shit. Like it still looks yeah. good. Yeah, I have to honestly say like. The use of animatronics, like they use, like for example, the uh, the tricer- triceratops that was six seam, that still looks real to me, which I'm assuming they, they use that. But even when they, you look at the brontosaurus scene, it's like, okay, now I can see. And CGI was like, you know, in this infantile state at the time. So, but at the time, it's like, oh, that looks real. But now I'm like, okay, now that I know what I know, I can tell that's not real. But it's still damn good for what happened. And then. We get to the iconic um, the scene where it's like, oh shit is going down when the when the T Rex is out and you know the the kids are like in their situation and we were just like like little kids a little bit older. Imagine the first twenty minutes of Pirate Ryan. This <laughs> that scene yeah. was like no one was taught. We were just all like glued to like the cinema screen, just like just watching like the this dinosaur like like you know terrorize these cute kids and like the the camper and the people looking looking and just like Jeff Goldblum and, uh, and, and the other guys, uh, Sam, Neil, just like, no, what can we do? And I'm just so surprised in that scene that they did anything. Cause I was like, if that was me, one of them, I just watched those kids get eaten. Cause I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, yeah. I can't help you. Like I, I would be life, so panicked and afraid. <laughs> What's up? Life, uh, life uh, finds a way. <laughs> exactly. But uh, speaking of that scene, I, I do remember when, this scene happened then we realized like you know oh shit this movie is not playing around because uh one person in that scene decided it was the right thing to do was just i'm just getting the fuck out of here and that was the lawyer and he runs in the right into the bathroom, bathroom and then we get this iconic <laughs> scene, yeah scene right here when the t-rex is charging towards the bathroom i want to know what your reaction was when this scene happens um um mitch when you first saw it as a kid I remember we all laughed kind of fine at first when the whole bathroom calms down and he's just sitting there on a toilet like just yeah. looking but we're all just like what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? Shop. Dude, it was a combination of like laughter and just like shocking shock to see this dinosaur eat someone in it. And to be honest, like you said earlier, it looks it looks believable, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. kind of fucking scary, man. <laughs> it was scary and funny at the same time because it just didn't even like waste any time. And then um I think I remember like after seeing that, like when I would be sitting on the toilet as a kid, I would sometimes <laughs> think about this scene. I wouldn't be scared or anything, but I'd be like, man, 
that would be like the worst place for that to happen probably one of the worst places <laughs> like, like dinosaur like comes in like oh spray for us yeah. all right i'll just eat you anyway like just waving his like little tiny t-rex claws in front of his nose like <laughs> <laughs> but then i always get confused because i thought that that this scene i'm going to show next happened before it because like i thought they would like kind of build up to that but when that happens and it cuts back to um newman aka dennis uh nidra nidra and his death scene with the uh what are those those dinosaurs that spit the acid and it was just like damn like the first, the first death was like shown, but I like the way Spielberg showed, didn't even show it. And this death looked more like, you know, terrifying when he gets like, when he's like, oh, I'm going to come back down and you know, run you over. And then I guess I'm not going to play it because you can't see, you got to see it guys. You haven't seen the movie, but. um, Or just read the book. I mean, it's even more brutal in the book. <laughs> yeah. Some fucking asshole did that to me in school when he's, when, you know, you get that person on oh, that book is better than a movie. And then he's like, you know, I'm like, dude, you said that for misery and you're saying that for this. You're going to say this every time I see a movie and like it. Mis- the book misery is fucking spectacular, man. God damn it. I can't get away from you. Book nerds. Bookworms, <laughs> as they call it. Dude, when but I yeah. work, I be reading books. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so you go, you read books, I masturbate, you know, so. Yeah. To each your own. There's two kinds of men. <laughs> What's that? So uh, when... When when Newman or Sim gets like like killed in the car and he screams for his life and spit on the ass, I was just like, oh my god! It's, I don't know. I just felt like sorry for him. But like, if you listen to our, our last previous podcast where I was trying to vindicate villains, I don't think I could actually do it for him because you know, <laughs> he's just a slimy little fucking dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously they try to they give a backstory on how he is in financial situation, but you know. You're taking a gamble by doing this, and you lost. You know, <laughs> I can't feel bad for you. That's also like another instance where I'm like, yeah, this shit is like fucking real. I'm like, they just killed one of the comedic reliefs. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah. So you're like, who's you don't know who's gonna make it all the way through, which was kind of yeah. cool. And then this guy here in the next scene, the badass scene, which people still quote to this day, the the hunter is about to like snipe one of the uh, or the um, raptors, and then this scene happens. I want to know what your reaction was for this one. Uh, uh, hopefully this will actually play. When he's about to shoot one, and then the camera cuts over, and then out the woods. Clever girl. And again, the way they hide the bushes so you don't see him getting, like, mauled to death by, like, a, um, you know, one of those Raptor. raptors. <laughs> Thought that was great the way they they shot a lot of these scenes yeah yeah like leaves yeah. it up to your the imagination your imagination is even scarier maybe than what they would put on the screen <laughs> yeah spielberg was so good at that and in the way to keep that pg-13 rating and i was just like damn like i don't know about you but if that was me i again like i would have i wouldn't have been able to get that cool badass line off <laughs> i would I that would have startled the fuck out of me <laughs> I wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't be able to deliver some cool ass line. I'd be like, "Oh fuck!" And then it would get. And <laughs> <laughs> that exact in that exact dialect too. <laughs> oh fuck! Like, oh fuck! And then it would cut off, and then I'm just yeah. rustling in the bushes like. Wanna, like just begging for your life. Yeah. <laughs> I was just playing. I was just playing. Yeah, I, I would, this, that completely reminded me though. Um, when I was in college, 
my roommate found this math rock band that I, I don't know if they're on streaming shit now, but at the time they weren't, and uh, they were called Clever Girl, and their like, <laughs> album cover, their album cover was like the fucking raptor was like holding a Rubik's cube to signify <laughs> clever. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, they were really good too. I like looked them up when I was like, shit, gotta listen to their albums on YouTube. <laughs> all right, we're doing all kind of promotions for people on this episode, man. All right. So um, I was going to ask you this question because I honestly got to say like the um, Jurassic, this is considered the best Jurassic Park film out of all of them. People, they got the whole band back together for the last one and shockingly, it's the worst one ever. <laughs> yeah, I had no interest. I mean, I really just don't like looking at Chris Pratt as we all know. Yeah, but. I don't, yeah. So yeah. you just, you don't even, you don't even like the 2015 one then, huh? I thought that was okay. I remember yeah. seeing that in theaters of friends and I was like, that was like fun to watch. You know, there was some there was some fun scenes. You know, when that guy he's he's walking out of Margaritaville and he gets swooped down and the yeah. takes him, that's funny. You know, some cool scenes. But you know, anything after that I've just had fucking no interest in at all. What's interesting about that whole that movie, let's just bring it all back, is that movie is showing how kids are just so like blase about dinosaurs now when we're just like, oh my God, you're not fucking freak, freaking out or like excited about this. You're like, whatever, we're at a dinosaur exhibit. This is boring. Just like going to Disney's if you're yeah. a resident. It's like going to Six Flags for us. It's just like, yeah, whatever. It's roller coasters. But now we're, yeah, but now we're basically saying like this movie from nine from 30 years ago still holds up and it still makes a person that's a, a zoomer like yourself you know still get like the hairs on your on your puppet body stand up you're just like yeah. oh my god this movie is so amazing yeah so you got to see it when you're young i guess or maybe it still is just as good as it was 30 years ago you know i have a friend that hasn't seen a lot of the classic shit i gotta ask him if he's seen jurassic park and then maybe i'll i'll, I'll give a yeah, I'll have a first-hand report of someone that's never seen it until they're 25. <laughs> and then just make sure you tell me that you punched him in the throat instantly if he said no. Uh, I do that anyway. To, uh, <laughs> that's that's how I say hello. <laughs> that's, that's just the relationship me and Raph have. It's all right. So. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, let's guys guys know out there if you saw Jurassic Park 30 years ago or if you saw it, you know, 20 years ago, whatever the case may be if you still think it holds up and what you're doing to celebrate this iconic 30 year anniversary of the film. Now, what you all been waiting for time for some album reviews. Let's kick it all off with the Foo Fighters and their album called, but here we are. And it's been about two and a half years since Dave Grohl and the boys released the last studio album called medicine at midnight. So do you think not a lot's been happening with the group since then? But uh, if you're living under a rock, you may have missed the big story when they were nominated in the 2021 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Of course, we all know that. Yes. Uh, also, you might have been aware, unaware that, you know, they released a comedy horror film called Studio 666 in early 2022. Uh, did you happen to see that movie as our movie? I, that you know, I really meant to, and then by the time I was, I had the time to go see it. It wasn't in theaters anymore. I'm sure it's mm. somewhere, but I just haven't seeked it out really. Yeah, it's well, it's a uh, it had uh, mixed reviews and did poorly in the box office in a way, like you said. So I didn't see it either. And when I heard about that, people were saying it wasn't worth seeing. I'm like, well, I guess I won't see it. Was Rob <laughs> Zombie involved in it? 
I hope not. I mean, you assume as you hear Satan, he's able, he's gonna be somewhere in the area, right? <laughs> I thought I'm rem- trying to remember like the shit about it and everything, and I'm I almost want to say that Rob Zombie was involved somehow, but maybe not. Oh. I he's a rocker too, right? So yeah, we should look. Well, I'll look it up in a second. We'll we'll get back to you guys on that. So don't add us yet. I will. Well, we'll confirm that so you don't have to send that email yet. Stop typing. Um. So, you know, had that movie happen, but the, 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 the bad performance of that film doesn't compare to what happened to the band a month later when the drummer Taylor Hawkins died in Columbia in the middle of their tour. That is actually something that most people probably know about the band in the past uh, two years. Um, the band went on quiet and for a while until December when they revealed they would continue as a band. I don't know if you thought the same thing, Mitch, like Foo Fighters are done. Will they find someone else? But then when they said, oh, we have a new band, you're like, oh, wife the swelled off the brow. Thank God. And the drum they got is Josh Free from the Bandles. And um, he's now is a Hawkins replacement. So do you know Josh Fries? No, I'm not familiar with him. Wow, dude. Because he drummed for the um, Guns of Roses, Nine Inch Nails, Sublime with Rome. Josh is like a legendary session drummer. He's appeared on over 400 records. So you probably have heard oh. his drumming in your life. Um, so he's not actually on this album. <laughs> so like said, he, all the drumming on this 11th studio album was performed by Dave Grohl. He's yeah. handling all the drumming. He's doing all the lead vocals and the guitars. And some may know that he not only did the same thing playing drums on the second album, The Color and the Shape, but he uh, actually played every instrument on the 1995 self-titled debut album. Yep. And he wasn't yeah. even, he didn't even want people to know it was him. <laughs> Originally. Oh, uh, he just, he didn't, he didn't, he just wanted to make shit because he just had all these ideas and he was like super depressed because of Kurt Cobain and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what? you know, he knew a guy who's like, I'm just going to go to this fucking studio and like make this and just release it and not really like he, he didn't like want it to really be a big thing at first. But then people really fucked with it and then it became what it is now. Oh, so I think I might be wrong on this. I thought he wrote those songs in that 95 album while he was in Nirvana. Yeah, it was just like he, he really had the time after like Nirvana to like hash it all out fix everything and then like go in and like do it but he didn't like have the intentions of making it like as big of a band as it is today you know it wasn't like in his mind this is interesting mitch i thought you were not too keen on like the food fighters you know being like a jaded you know generation z person but what is your thoughts on the band in general you know i I'm a huge fucking Nirvana guy. I I really, okay. I fucking love Nirvana so much. But um, Foo Fighters, you know, I mean, everyone loves Everlong. You know, my hero, all that shit. Um, you know, the color and the shape, like you know, that's you know, really the extent of what I listen to by them. And like, whenever something will come on the radio, I will immediately be like, oh yeah, I can tell that this is Dave Grohl. This is Foo Fighters, and mm-hmm. I know, like it sucks. You know, it's always. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's Foo Fighters. Okay, cool. Like, yeah, they're good. <laughs> hmm. Okay, so this will be uh, this will be a fun review we're gonna do. Um, because we you weren't on the last review for the Medicine Midnight thing that uh, we did with our 
our other co-host uh, Tyler, and um, I was okay with that album, and he actually liked it to the point where it made his top ten in twenty twenty one that year. Uh, with this album, I think it's a great example of how tragedy can benefit like uh, artistic expression because this album has ten tracks, mostly about Dave dealing with the loss of Taylor. And I know that might sound like heavy handed when I say it to you, but the music like ranges from like lively and energetic to calm and reflective. And Dave and the Foos, as I like to call them, like maintain the group's trademark sound. So it's definitely sound like the Foo Fighters without coming off like a 58 minute funeral dirge. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, that's, you hit it on the head there, I think. <laughs> mm. Very real. Um, yeah, I mean, I was I was surprised. I, I kind of went into this with nothing, you know. I was like, I know that I can appreciate Foo Fighters. I like Dave Grohl. I'm going to listen to this and see what happens. And I was, like, fucking vibing with it, you know. I don't think there was any track where I was like, I can't stand this. You know what I mean? It was just, it was, yeah. it was pretty consistently good in my mind. And I, I never really felt bored. I was I was never, like... Oh, man, it's just like, oh, is this almost over? You know what I mean? Like, mm. I was good at work. It was like perfect when I was like, you know, doing some planting jobs and stuff, just kind of, you know, doing some headbanging here and there, doing my planting. Nice, man. All right. So, this will be interesting in the point where we totally agree 100% on this album because, dude, like, I'm everything I said, you agree with everything you said, I agree with. Yeah, uh, any tracks, any tracks, any tracks you like? Yeah. Any uh, tracks you like particularly? Dude. My literally my favorite track is the opening one just because it's been stuck in my fucking head mm-hmm. all week. Just the like, kings and queens and in between. Yeah, it's just oh my god, it's just like so fun. Just like as soon as it comes in, I you know I don't think I knew that that Dave Grohl did the drums for this, but once you said it, I was like, you know what? I think I could hear it. Mm-hmm. I think I can, I can really tell that that it was him, but because the drums all the time, I was like really fucking into like consistently in that. Um, and I like how in that song, it's like in most of the songs, he's like mourning, but he sounds really optimistic at the same yeah, time. Yeah, you know, I got that. I got that. Like you know, you you quoted the the line he said, "We're all free to some degree to dance under the light." I'm just waiting for it to be rescued. It's the name of the song, Bring Me Back to Life. I was like, this is, this sounds like them, like that this, that the whole thing that happened didn't happen. And I can enjoy this song without thinking about what it's really about. You know, yeah. it's just really fun. And, uh, you know, what I appreciate too is like, they, they've been around for quite some time now. And, you know, like I said, I really only listened to their 1997 album. Mm-hmm. And I listen to this now. I haven't listened to anything in between. Whether you know, uh, maybe it was a single here and there from other albums, but really in general, nothing. And then I listen to this, and I'm like, immediately, I know this is Foo Fighters. This sounds like, especially that first track. I'm like, this could have easily been on that album. Like, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's good as shit. Like, this is a banger. Yeah, so, it's totally, it's now, totally like, '90s in a way. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so many bands now they just like. Oh, we've been around for like 20, 15 years, 10 years even, and we're going to completely change our sound and do something weird and maybe alienate half of our fan base. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, sometimes it works really well. Like for Turnover specifically, 
like that worked super well for them they were just like kind of generic pop punk shit and then they were like what if we did dream pop and then everyone fucking ate that shit up and they have not looked back since yeah so, we, we should get we should, sometimes it works yeah we should get a bingo card for you listeners every time uh, miss brings up turnstile turnover turnover over but turns i mean i guess they'll tell it's turnover i mean turnstile yeah but the difference yeah, yeah. turnover's first album and then peripheral vision is like fucking crazy you wouldn't even know it's the same band oh good point yeah uh with this one like we were saying they're they're catch they're keeping up with their their old style and obviously you haven't been mitch hasn't been listening to their progression but i i hear stuff that they do currently in this too because uh under you has that catchy uh, 90s sound that the Foo Fighters do is really melodic power pop stuff they're doing, the buzzsaw guitars, uh, the, the part where he's like, oh, I'm picturing us, you know, sharing songs and cigarettes. I, I can imagine that happening, like in Dave, like, you know, doing that with a Taylor. And it's just like, oh my God, I, I feel like I'm, I'm getting some feels with that. And then the, the song that sound more like what the Foo Fighters currently do now is the title track, for example, you know, Dave's doing the aggressive vocals. I actually, every time he sings and list, I listen to it, I can actually picture that giant vein in his neck, like just protruding yeah. while he's screaming these choruses and everything like that. You hear the emotion with him. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's not It's not like a fucking act. It's like, mm-hmm. and I mean, especially with everything that's been going on with the band and everything, of course, but, you know, he's, he's just a... Uh, uh, he's just a great guy. I just like Dave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think when they like go on that more like seventies esque sound? Like for example, uh, the song I'm thinking about, the glass, where yeah. it's like got that garage rock sound with like some glam rock elements in there. Do you like when they do that as well? Currently, now they're dipping into like yeah. the old. Uh, it was a little different, but I, I liked the little bit of a switch up in there because you know it's like we're going to talk about with another album you can be like a consistent fucking sound the whole way through or you can have these like little breaks where it's like oh it was a little different thing and i think when you know there's times where i'll complain about that i'm sure you can go back and and call me out Mm -hmm. for that but in this instance i think it works out pretty well you know it's just like you go from the kind of okay i know this is food fighters recognizable and then it's just like oh it's a little experimental here it's like they're doing a little different kind of thing I can appreciate yeah. that. It's it's like it didn't take away from it for a minute. Yeah. So in addition to uh, Taylor Hawkins that Dave lost, he also lost his mother in 2022 that same year. He addresses that on a couple songs in this album. So I think we could talk about those. The first song he mentions, talk about his mother is a song called "Show Me How." Uh, it's got like this like psychedelic guitar intro with kind of spacey guitar rhythm and vocals in there. It's really uh, shoegazy, so I wanted to talk about yeah. that because I figure you're because Mitch is really into shoegaze music, and this song like Dave is like calmly like matching the instrumental vibes with the backing vocals from his daughter. It's on this song, and I don't know how old his daughter is, but I was looking up like okay, I didn't even know because when I saw the name and the last name, I go like, oh, maybe it's like his wife, but then I looked up as his daughter, so I looked up on Wikipedia. He has three children, and if this is the oldest one. That means she was born in 2006. And I'm like, she has a beautiful voice if that is actually the oldest one. Yeah, I when I first listened to it, um, and I, I, you know, my hands are dirty. I couldn't, you know, look up anything. So when I first listened to it, I was like, is this, did he fucking get Phoebe Bridgers on this shit? <laughs> yeah. That's like a few moments of the song. I'm like, damn, that kind of sounds like Phoebe Bridgers. That's crazy. But uh, yeah, I think it's even cooler that it's his daughter, you know, especially like yeah. for 
you know, her grandmother, his mother, you know, it's a very touching thing. Yeah, and it's the way she's saying they're they're matching each other and like, you know, saying I'll take care of everything, that part that's happened over again. I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm like submerged in like a saucer of like warm milk, which (laughs) I, I apparently I heard that's what being on heroin is like, but I don't know. But I was just like, we'll that. try and find out. Yeah, <laughs> no, that'll be the the Patreon episode. Yeah, <laughs> watch us but, ruin our lives in real time on Patreon. <laughs> that, that won't get you to fork over some fucking cash. <laughs> I don't know what will. You know, I don't know what will. <laughs> nah, but that song is beautiful. You know, like we're saying in the other song that's dedicated to the mother is a song called "The Teacher," yeah, and yeah. this is probably where um, I'm wondering if we're gonna like bend the. Um, Vin Diesel and uh, Paul Walker and this whole thing and split on it because this song is 10 minutes long and where I feel about that this song is the good thing about this song being super long is it's like segmented into different instrumental parts so it's not like redundantly 10 minutes long this is what I think about it because it's like epic like ride from like alternative grunge rock then it kind of like gets to like melancholy clean guitar parts like moody, like pop rock arrangements. So it's a lot of things happening. But do you feel like that's true? Or do you feel like there's some parts of the song where it's like, you're just stretching this out to make the song longer? You know, when I was first listening to it, like I said, I wasn't like really looking at my phone, seeing run times or anything. Mm-hmm. I It didn't even register to me that this was 10 minutes long. You know, yeah. I, it's, it's so, you know, because I, I can get real fucking bored. I'm going to be talking about it. I can get real fucking bored with a song that's like that's even super long, yeah, yeah, six and a half minutes long, and, and it's the same fucking thing. I'm like gonna be wanting to beat my head against the wall, mm-hmm. but I did not feel that at all with this track. Yeah, yeah, and it brings back like a part, so it's not like a, it's not like a rock opera part. Let me make sure I make clear. They like go back to like the the grunge rock part again. Where to be honest, when that part kicks back in, I wasn't expecting it. So I'm like, this is a cool ride. I wasn't expecting this to happen. And I was like really enjoying the Harford lyrics. Like you showed me how to grieve, never showed me how to say goodbye. And that distorted, like, you know, abrupt ending that happens in that song. I was like, that really, it gives me emotions. And I dislike the way that song does. I felt like Mariah Carey on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Look that up for that reference, kids, if you don't know what that means. The last song called uh, "Rest" is the final track, like I said, and it, it like like puts the perfect bow on this record. And this is like mostly Dave and alone, like acoustic guitar into like the explosive chorus hits. Again, doing that whole seventies like inspired sound. I I got some Dave Bowie, Ziggy Stardust esque mm-hmm. vibes with that song. Uh, "Rest," you can rest now as the lyrics. Uh, you will be safe now. So when he keeps repeating that over and over i was like i was like um thinking to myself this is like the closure track where he is accepting the loss of his friend and i'm like this is a fantastic ending for the album no i agree with that i thought it was it was really beautiful you know like the lyrics in the beginning it's just like laying in your favorite clothes um you know making you laugh it's just like damn like that is probably i haven't thankfully i haven't lost a close friend yet but i can Mm. picture myself in a similar state of grief and um you know hopefully accepting acceptance like uh dave Grohl seems to go through in this it's um inspiring you know it's it's comforting it's comforting yeah 
All right, that's all the songs I wanted to talk about. Was anything you want to mention before I get my final rating? No, I think we that was a pretty good cover of that. Okay. So, uh, dude, I haven't been pleased with, like, a Foo Fighters album since Wasting Light from 2011. Um, you know, I did put Concrete and Gold from 2017 on my top 10 of the year, but I think this album is even better than that. Um, in addition to, like, the powerful lyrics, Davis is still an incredible drummer, like we said. Like, you know, he hasn't lost his touch in all the years, even though he didn't. I didn't mention every track. There were all worthy on this record. I particularly like the reggae rock vibes on that song, uh, Nothing At All. I didn't mention it earlier, but I really like that song too. It's probably my favorite song on the album. Uh, this album is so therapeutic and uh, honest at the same time. And I think anyone, even like what like Mitch said, he hasn't actually been in the same situation as uh, David Grohl, where he was in a you know big time like 90s grunge rock band and then that person died and started a new band and then you know he toured the world and got famous stuff like that and then ended up you know losing the drummer and got nominated for the, the rock and roll hall of fame you haven't gone gone to that yet <laughs> but, but uh but you can still rock and roll hall of fame but just you know to look around yeah yeah <laughs> but you can still relate to this album in a way so for me i'm gonna sound a very high buy this he deserves your money uh all right so what do you think yeah i mean shit i mean i'm just gonna be like echoing jarrell this whole fucking time it's i was i was truly blown away i mean i guess i went into this with like not many expectations or me i i think i was kind of expecting that i would just fucking not like it for some reason i don't Mm -hmm. know it's just the cynic in me i don't know but i i was like ah nah these guys have been around they've been doing fucking thing for for you know yeah. And I was just like so pleasantly into it the whole time, and there was not a single moment where I was like, "Oh, can this be over?" Like, God, dragging on. Just a really solid fucking album, you know. Yeah. Like, is this one that like you know? I I haven't given it a lot of praise. I've been agreeing with you on a lot of stuff, but it's just like it's just like, will if I saw this at the record store, would I get it? Because when I think of buying, when we buy albums with our rating, I think of yeah. Store, so you know would i buy it maybe not i don't know if i if, if i you know i have their i have the color whatever but i don't think i need it but it's a great album so i'm gonna give it a really high download this hmm, okay all right looking from your personal point of view yeah yeah so we're both saying you definitely should hear it and maybe if you do mitch's uh rating and you know listen to it immediately you might be willing like hey you know let me donate some money if it's definitely going to some sort of good cause or something like that uh all right before we get the next uh album do you think that we should really like look at pat smear's situation the guitarist of this band like he is had it worse than uh than dave Grohl because every time he draws a band someone dies in the band yeah that's true yeah he if you guys don't know pat smear was the original drummer for guitarist sorry for the germs yeah and then darby darby crash overdose uh, the day before john lennon that's probably why you missed that if you're older because the john lennon thing overshadowed his death then he joins nirvana as the second guitarist and then we all know what happened with that and now he joins this band same thing it's like people should be looking at past me like dude like you're kind of like <laughs> cursing fans you know yeah unlucky charm yeah yeah uh 
what I forgot what we were gonna do to make sure you guys don't email us to to add us for something we. Oh eat. no, I remember, and I looked it up. Okay. Um. So we were wondering if Rob Zombie was involved at all in the uh, wrote six 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 movie. Oh, it's up Studio Six Six Six. Rob Zombie. First thing that pops up is an article, and it starts. It's a review. Studio Six 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 review. There's a big difference between Rob Zombie horror and Foo Fight Foo Fighters horror. This one's only for the band, for fans of the band. Yeah, so man. yeah, uh, Rob Zombie is not involved in this. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we cleared that up. Let's move on. We're gonna go from uh, to a, a California band, a Ben Sevenfold. Their album "Life Is But A Dream." Chiboop, chiboop. If only that song was on his album, right? Uh, yeah. So the album's called "Life Is a Dream." Life is but a dream, and uh, this is the eighth tube album. They're from Huntington Beach, California. They're a progressive heavy metal band. Now, I'm gonna say right now, guys, I never embrace what fans find so amazing about these guys. Me neither. But the previous album they put out, "The Stage," was surprisingly good. Um, when we reviewed it back in the day and talk about progressive that album was a concept album about artificial intelligence they were on to something all right so uh that's my opinion of uh, of them what is your opinion on a7x i could not give less of a shit about this man i remember when they were like when um what was it like hail to the king i remember when that came out i was 16 and like i just remember like so many dudes in my eyes who were like shitting their pants about it and i was like oh well like it's a black album cover and it's got a skull on it so it's probably heavy you know i was listening to like mm-hmm. uh, up my cement and alisana and all my like scene screamo shit so i was like and you know they had adventure sevenfold shit at hot topic so you know i, I saw course, yeah. sevenfold everywhere i went and I remember listening to it and being like, what? Like, like, I remember just being like, people really like are walking around being like, I listen to heavy music and they listen to this. Like, I, I just never like, it was never heavy to me. I was like, this is just like boring. It, it's always been boring. So I, I've never really cared about Vince Sevenfold, I guess is my opinion. Okay, so you never heard their breakthrough song backcountry before this song album you, you mentioned probably, the, uh, I probably have I've, I've listened to some shit before like when I, like i said I've, I've tried to check them out i've tried to understand but okay so, so guys out here we're going to this review where mitch heard the second to last album and i heard the last album so yeah if you're like oh well they're not like you know from the from the jump from the 2003 you know i'm sorry dude like uh but I will say they did play the warp tour that year, and I do remember seeing them. Like, and I think what's interesting is like they must play like four songs for that half hour set they they have because yeah. their songs are fucking long, dude. Um, but to be fair, the last time the last album in 2016 came out, the band opened for Metallica on their 2017 Stadium tour, and I actually went to that show at MetLife Stadium here in New Jersey that 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 year uh so my opinion of that st- that stadium show and i want to say right now if you are ever going to a stadium um show uh and make sure you get tickets that are not 
the cheapest. Do not do that. If you can't afford anything but the cheapest seat, don't go. Because we made the mistake of like, oh, 50 bucks, let's do that. Section 300. And uh, the audio was, the sound quality is horrible. Because if you picture Giant Stadium, the outdoor stadium, which is, you know, all around, when you're at the top, the speakers are down below. So when the, when, by the time the sound gets up there, it's just echoing everywhere. Yeah. Sounds like shit. They're fucking ants. The size of ants, they hold the, the whole band. So James Hetfield was like, you know, the size of a black, you know, ant that you, you're walking, you see. That's how fucking small they were. I will never, ever do a stadium, you know, show again and pay like a cheap seats ever again. And, if, and you know, the reason we did that, because who wants to pay like, you know, 250 to be on, you know, on the floor seats for like Metallica in 2017? Not me. Especially when they're charging $20 for beers, you know, I'm going to have a terrible time. <laughs> so just keep that, keep that in mind going forward. But I saw, ben, I guess I saw Ben Sevenfold. I, I think that was them. <laughs> you know, I'm looking at the thing. I think that's them. Yeah, get binoculars and shit. You, you, like, you have your opera binoculars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, after that, they started writing and recording for this new album that we're talking about right now in 2018. The recording was delayed in 2020 due to COVID and the fact that the band did not want to release an album without being able to tour. So in the end, this latest record has some uh, of a bit of like a sonic and a tonal shift in sound. And one reason is because they recorded this album actually with a 78 piece Sam Bernardino Symphony Orchestra. And the other reason is their avant-garde approach to like their usual epic genre shifting metal sound is apparent on this album. So I know my shit. I know they were a little more heavy metal stuff in the day and they would do like no stuff. So I remember those days in like the mid aughts. So they're trying to like, you know, broaden their sounds for their albums, which the last album, they definitely did that. And I think they did a good job. So obviously I feel the same way at this album you're thinking but as a result without all that happening we get 11 tracks that mostly range from bloated and unfocused to just plain boring what are your thoughts i just i was bored <laughs> i was just like you know i was i was talking to my friend about it earlier today and i was like you know what are you doing i'm like listening to Avenged Sevenfold why <laughs> like because of the podcast why else would I be listening to Avenged Sevenfold and, yeah you know they were listening to a little bit of it with me and it was I was just like man I thought I was almost done with this but it's saying I'm halfway through mm-hmm. I was like is something did, did I accidentally have it on shuffle I didn't I was like whoa this is a this one's a chore. I was like, this is this is a chore album for me here. And yeah. really hard for me to like focus on it at all just because just That's so, so funny. I thought I had ADHD. I'm like, yeah. I must have I mainly got it right now. <laughs> I was I kept having to like douche. I couldn't sit there and like, you know, sometimes I uh, like when I'm doing notes or something, I like to sit there, silence, just listen to it and like type out my thoughts as I do it. I could not fucking for the life of me do that. Like every yeah. time I tried to, I was just like, I need to be doing something. I was playing mm-hmm. Fortnite today while playing while listening to it. Like you know, I, I have to be engaged. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's like it's it's background. amazing. It's amazing how so much is happening, but it's just like who cares? Yeah, you know, yeah. 
I will be honest with you. The opening track gave me hope called Game Over. I'm like, oh, this is really, you know, it's got the, like this. He's like serenading us with like this acoustic Latin style acoustic guitar that happened. And um, it switches like fast thrash metal. Uh, the singer whose name is uh, M Shadows is like spitting like lyrics, like frantically really fast, like as the intensity. So if, the way that I can explain it is like, imagine like speed metal version of We Didn't Start the Fire. That's the way he's like, doing his lyrics on that song <laughs> and you know it's, it's kind of like operatic towards the end i'm like oh, okay but still it sounds like an old school event sevenfold this might be fun and yeah did you like that song before i go on the opening track yeah i guess it was all right you know it's just i i don't i, I at this point like, you got no i just like i can't stand those kind of like kind of like fucking vocals no they're like, i just i can't i just think about jack black i cannot fucking take it seriously as i just think about jack black you know it's like it's just i'm so unserious and so not hard but these dudes with fucking trucks have like avenged sevenfold stickers on them as if it mm. makes it hard and i'm like no dude like if you were at a pit at a show that i go to you would freak out and like call the police probably <laughs> <laughs> okay I think, yeah, I have... the thing i think i think cops love event sevenfold i think that's awesome. okay <laughs> yeah. it always comes about the cops with you <laughs> hey, man <laughs> i want to i want to i want to like um you know uh i want to like do like the a clockwork orange you like like the block of like cops they show on like the uh whatever channel is sometime no they i want to just make you watch that shit with your eyes open bad boys and i'm like no you take enough people's money <laughs> <laughs> just as soon as you hear that reggae already, song bad boys you get mad as hell right <laughs> what you gonna do someone sped by my fucking uh workplace the other day blasting that and i was like damn <laughs> what the, the the cops theme song yeah bad boys, bad boys. <laughs> he was just blasting it and i was like geez all right that guy's on a mission <laughs> was he undercover and he just didn't realize you just turn your radio down dude they're gonna know <laughs> yeah. some rookies first uh yeah hey guys you got any um you know heroin i can buy <laughs> he's just walking up he's wearing, a, he's wearing a blue shirt that just says gang on it <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm sorry we got sidetracked guys let's go back to this album sorry all right and the reason i want to say that is because i know you're thinking you know mitch is checked out immediately and Jarrell did the same thing. He just wants to hear old Avenged Sevenfold. He wants to hear them do the same thing and rehash your old town. And I will say this. They have a song on this album called uh, We Love You. And it's, I actually like that they're doing something different. It's like they're switching like to the, like this dumping beat. Um, it does start off fast, but it's got like a kind of Metallica-esque riffs, riffs in there with like a really uh, cool refrain. You know, like, I, kn I know you're going to make fun of me, Mitch. I, I, I don't care. I'm going to say it. You know, that more wants, more needs, more hits, more being, more this. And it goes faster, faster. And I'm like, oh, this kind of reminds me of like ministry in a way, you know, with like the chaotic industrial metal parts that they're doing in there. Yeah. You know, kind of thrashing in there with some like guitar shredding. I'm like, I appreciate when they mix like their styles, but in like most cases, it's just all over the place. So I can't really like, get invested in a song because it's i don't want to say too much happening but it's just like i don't care <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's the whole thing with me and this it's just like 
you know, a lot of this review, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, this part was kind of interesting. And I'll be like, yeah, probably. I don't know. It was it was just so fucking much, man. Like, I, I just if it was shorter, maybe I, I could have a more comprehensive thing to say about it. But it's just like like you said, it was all over the place because like I had it. I, I said I was listening to while playing Fortnite and my friend was also online and I was like, she signed on and I was like, I'm listening to this shit. Well, I don't know if you want to be online with me. I'm doing something. And she was like, just play it. I don't care. I was like, all right. And then like, I'd be like, at one point I was like talking and then she's like, sorry, I'm just really focused on this like piano that's going on. Is this still the same album? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fucking crazy. <laughs> Yeah, they're trying so hard to like be super diverse in this album, and it's just like not—it's not necessary because you don't, you're not, you're not, you're just doing it just to like be different, and it doesn't yeah. seem like it's it's pointless. And by the way, Mitch, uh, the last album was seventy-three minutes. This is like shorter, and you're still mad. So I don't know. I can't even imagine. I'm glad I wasn't there for that review. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if we should talk about the 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 first single that had audiences split, which was called Nobody because it's like dense like industrial prog metal the groove the production it's like a heavy synth elements like blended in instrumentation it's got some brass section in there like the guitar solos and I, you, you hear me i'm just saying like all these things that are happening just listen i'm, that I'm just listing like, all yeah. this stuff that's <laughs> happening vocals are like um i'm a god i'm awake who cares and then um other songs like mattel and cosmic which, by the way, Cosmic has like this really spacey piano part in there, psychedelic art pop ha- happening. It reminded me of, like a cross between like Elton John and the Beatles, which we'll get into like how they're kind of like incorporating the Beatles sound in there. Um, and they do all this, and it goes on for for and you actually feel the length of these six to seven minute songs. So it's like I I'm actually in Mitch's boat where I can feel how long these songs are because nothing interesting is happening. Uh, obviously, they're channeling Alice in Chains in the song uh, Beautiful Morning. I know you heard that same song. Like, is this Alice in Chains? Because they're doing the same thing with like the somber, grungy metal sound. Yeah, yeah I the do. Dual vocals. That. The vocals mm-hmm. are like the same like Alice Chains do. Uh, but they Every add like often this. They were trying to trick me into liking it. <laughs> <laughs> and then they would go and do some fuck ass shit and i'd be like all right <laughs> you yeah and you lost me that song has like the beatles thing i was talking about earlier where it's like it sounds like sergeant pepper but they're forcing that into the middle like you know let's put this like you know in the, you know psychedelic like part in here where it doesn't even fit with what the song was going earlier just to like you know break the monotony and bring more monotony <laughs> um and i figured like the song um which is called Ordinary. They were trying to like channel like the Red Chili Peppers because it's like this really like um, bass-led funky funk rock song. So I'm like, oh, Mitch doesn't like this song. (laughs) But at the the same time, I'm like, you definitely can hear like the Daft Punk uh, vibes in that song. It's got disco groove elements in there. And yes, I'm saying that you guys, if you've never been listening, if you haven't been listening to this band the past 10 years, this band is doing funk rock now and disco stuff on on a song. Why? Why are you trying so hard to be like Mr. Bunghole and failing every every second? You remember that song when they're bringing like funk rock and like you know you yeah hear like the I, thing. I recall and being like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, 
what are you doing guys i thought you were (laughs) yeah they do that same thing on the song g it's definitely like that the quirky 90s funk rock i mentioned earlier and it's like the backing female vocals on that song i don't know if you noticed that one where they're girls singing but i'm like they sound pretty cool and it's kind of cool you're doing it but then he does some corny like deep vocals on that song where he's like what have i done you know (laughs) give me give me the delete button delete yeah it's they're just so hard to take seriously that's the thing it's like (laughs) you know i i think there's there's people that are still acting like 2007 hard and not like 2023 hard like you're still wearing i don't know a leather jacket (laughs) i have a leather jacket and that means i'm cool and cigarettes and uh there's a skull with wings as our logo. Isn't that edgy? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, come on, man. It's just like, it's it's like corn town for me with these fucking guys. It always has been, even when they were like more relevant, like 2008 to 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just always like, oh, I, I always just kind of rolled my eyes at it. And the I'm roast- glad that it's it's still that way. I'm glad I wasn't up. <laughs> the 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 roasting of uh Ben Simmons is happening right before your your yeah. your ears everybody yeah uh, that cop music <laughs> yeah so they they try to channel like this <laughs> yes I'm gonna say it they try to channel this Frank Sinatra like vibe with a croony like uh, orchestral sound on this song called Death they do that so they're doing that on the second to last song and then we get the last song the title track which uh, Mitch kind of talked about earlier playing Fortnite and the girl was saying this ends the album with like this <laughs> instrumental piano recital they're basically doing yeah but it's like <laughs> this, this sad boy like piano thing they, they end the album with now just like oh, meh <laughs> what, what i was saying about the piano because like i said my friend something was like is this like the piano is this the same album like yeah it's the same album and then i we were like it was going on for a bit the piano and i was like you know this feels like you know when you stay at like a hotel and then they'll just kind of have like a piano in the lobby mm-hmm. and like some dude who's like you know maybe he like had piano lessons in high school like he doesn't do piano he can kind of play piano it's just like doodling around in the lobby waiting for his wife to get out of the bathroom or some shit that's what it sounded like to me yeah it's just like this is a guy doodling around he's not bad but he's not great hmm <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I was doing the most uh, talking on this review because I feel like I have the most to say. And Mitch seems like he uh, really checked out on this one. How many listens do you give to this one, if you could? Two. Two? Uh, All I right. I really like to do three, but this one I was like, I cannot give another fucking hour to Avenge Sevenfold. I, I don't think I'd be able to forgive myself. Let's not keep anyone in suspense. What's your final rating on this? This is such a heavy goddamn skip, man. I mean even listening to this review you know what i think it's just <laughs> so all over the place like like i said i mean i don't listen to them so i think of the name of Avenged sevenfold I haven't really thought about them in years from what i remember yeah there's a skull and shit it's there close and odd topic i guess it's like heavy to some extent like maybe it's one of those things where i'm gonna be like i really fuck with the instrumentation but right, yeah I like vocals but i didn't even get that like it was just so boring to me the whole time <laughs> and just like the antithesis of the kind of thing i would want to sit down and listen to so yeah. that that's my incredibly incredibly low skip this i mm. i just like 
Avenged Sevenfold. I'm sorry if you do, but there's. <laughs> I'm sorry if you do and you think you're hard. There's there's heavier shit out there, man. Look up. Um, I don't know any any hardcore band out of California right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually more. Um... I guess positive toward this album than Mitch, where I was just like, the more I listen to this album, because I did, I did four listens and I accepted the random genre changes, but it's still boring to listen to. There are like good example moments on here. I, I didn't mention this song called Easier, which got some like sick riffs from the metal guitar leads. There's really delicious, I should say. I, I just want to eat the fucking riffs. They're that good. It had my head bobbing at the same time. I liked it. And <laughs> but at the same time it's, it's surprising like this may be the worst album i've heard this year so far you know the, but it, it's it's um the bad outweighs the good but i don't think it's as god awful as you think but still surprisingly i'm giving the same thing as you are it's, it's a low skip this for me yeah i i mean it's just like in terms of just what i think is heavy music and and just like I don't know, man. It's just like the expectations were just like not even low. I mean, the, the expectations were already low. And then it was yeah. just, whoa, man. This is like, I'm so into this. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's like we both had the same review. But what's weird is it's like, I, you had your expectations and mine were super low at the same time. Cause I think, you know, people were talking about how much that single, suck but i'm like i'm not gonna listen to it i'm just gonna go on this album completely cold as as possible you know and i'm still listening to it and i'm like you know the first i your expectations went super down when it as soon as you get play yeah. where mine were like kind of there and then we kind of were like you know going on this like wave where it's like i'm up here and then we meet at the middle we meet together at the yeah. end where, you know you know it's, it's interesting how that worked out it's really funny the, my last note about this album is when i was on listening to it when I was listening today when I was playing Fortnite, um, you know, the, the track, the last track ends and then Spotify will just start playing something similar to it in the, in yeah. the so it goes from that to Code Orange's newest album and I don't know if you ever listened to their newest album that came out like, made, yeah, made my top 10 oh yeah um, it it's like fine you know what I mean, but it's just I, I really like old Code Orange, I like Code Orange Kids a lot so it's mm-hmm. like it doesn't it didn't do too much for me but when one of the songs from the, that new album came on immediately after that i was like oh shit see this is fucking hard man and it's like they're not <laughs> as hard as they used to be and i'm like this is way harder than Avenged sevenfold <laughs> so like, the, so, so you're saying that. soft cold orange is harder than current <laughs> event sevenfold yeah right yeah. okay it's because Code Orange is like leaning, starting to go that way with like fucking Arena Rock. Like you know, they they really leaned into like the um, metal or um, uh, like WWE walk on music. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm just gonna be like, la 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 la. I'm not listening. I still like the album. I still like the album. La 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 la. <laughs> hey man, it's no I am King. Nothing will be I am King. I believe you, but my Tommy gun don't. <laughs> All right. So the last review we're gonna do tonight is the band Rancid, your album Tomorrow Never Comes, the 10th studio album from the legendary Berkeley, California punk rock band. It's been six years since their last album, Troublemaker, so check out our review for that album on our YouTube channel. And those who know me 
know I've been a fan of Rancid since 1994. They were the guys that really got me into punk rock. And uh, when it hit the mainstream, I'll be, I'll admit it. Yes, I'm a poser. So it, it got popular and I'm like, I'm not going to just listen to Green Day and Austin forever. What band will like change my life forever? And it was Rancid. So it's probably expected I will have the most to say about this album. So I'm just going to go to uh, Mitch and he's going to uh, talk about experience with the band and thoughts of this album. I'm just going to sit back and just let you uh, say what you feel about it and I will come in afterwards. So Rancid, what's your thoughts on Rancid in general? Um, yeah, like I, I've never been like, oh yeah, I fucking love Rancid, you know what I mean? But um there what, what is the name he saw my he saw my fingers about to re reach around his throat no, 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 <laughs> but 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 before you kill me <laughs> it's not going that way it's just that like i was listening to a lot of other shit i was shit. listening to rancid i was like when i was into like getting into punk and stuff it was all fucking black flag and minor threat for me i like oh. <laughs> yeah he went older then yeah. yeah 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 um but my friend who was like the punker like in our high school you know what i mean like he he dressed the party with the party had the hair everything he mm. was fucking obsessed with and out come the wolves so i listened to the that album specifically a shitload just from hanging out with um with my friend um, okay and I, no, I appreciate it. it's just you know it's it's fucking punk you know what i mean it's just yeah. it's just it's good punk music when it comes down to it and I, there's i've never like heard a rancid song been like what the fuck is that you know it's they're consistent. It's just, I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't, I'm going to say consistently good, but I, I'm not the person to talk right. about consistency with them. Have right. like, have they consistently been the same? Like, have they, have they changed at any point? Well, if you're comparing an outcome, the wolves, this album, you obviously heard the, the tremendous difference. Yeah. But uh, with, with, but at its core, outcome, the wolves is, uh, it's the, the nineties uh, version of the clash for that. And with and when they would do hardcore punk back in and before, and then they would do like you know ska punk stuff, and then they would go back and forth. And then with Rancid, and I will probably talk about that later at the end of this review, but they never give you the album you're gonna expect. And I think with with them is just like they either do what they feel like doing, or you just tell what they were listening to at the time when they wrote when they recorded the album. And like I said, go back to turn my review of Troublemaker, you guys, if you haven't yet, on our on our YouTube channel. And I was uh, I will I will spoiler I was uh, kind of lukewarm towards it. But um, so all that set aside, let's get Mitch's uh, overall thoughts on this album. Hey man, I had a fucking fun time with it. I mean, I, I use this as a gauge a lot of the time on the podcast but this is one of those albums where i was like i just want to grab my board and fucking skate like it's it's you know fits perfectly on the tony hawk soundtrack type shit lyrically yeah. it's it's the exact kind of lyrics i look it for in punk hardcore like even with the first track just like the entire lyrics which is like the no judge no jury no civil rights show up on the line get ready to fight Everyone knows it's all about hate, take control. Mow it, fuck them down. Yeah, bite the full, okay. bite the bullet, go steal the bait. It's so like I don't know. I, I'm such a sucker for that shit. Like call to action, kind of like fuck it all. Like let's just yeah. destroy it all, start anew. I, I I love that shit. So you know, I'm, I'm never gonna get tired of that. Yeah, like, don't you worry about tomorrow, cause yeah. tomorrow will never come. Exactly. Don't wanna she is still a borrow, cause tomorrow will never come. Din, 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 din. Okay, I'm showing my cards on the back of my chest. 
Go on. But yeah, man, I mean, I could really say it's like, you know, I, it's it sucks when I like really like am appreciative of an album and then when I really don't like an album because it's just like I can make it so quick because it's just like, yeah, I mean, this was a pretty quick album too. It was less than <laughs> an hour, which, you know, every good punk rock record should be, I think, yeah. you know, um, but it's it's just consistently good the whole time i mean i was i there was never a point where i was just like not into it anymore i was it was just like yeah that's it it's just fucking good punk i'm not like the big rancid head or anything like i said i wouldn't really consider myself like a big fan of them or anything but i appreciate 90s punk and they're still fucking killing it i guess yeah well uh before i mitch gives his review rating i guess uh i think do you guys you want uh, not guys do you want to talk about some songs maybe that you that you like maybe man it's you know i didn't even write down any tomorrow never comes you like the the tomorrow never comes like just like lyrically is fucking awesome um i thought drop dead in was pretty fucking fun meet me at the drop dead end yeah it's just like yeah i'm I'm picturing a a, the drop dead end there's a a skeleton mark on the counter I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a fun visual. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, Prisoner's song, that was cool. It had a lot of fucking, again, lyrically, call to action shit. Um, yeah, man, just, just all the way through. I, I Like, when the smoke clears, I thought it was a pretty dope ending to it all. Um, straightened our path, now all twisted. Where the weak mm-hmm. and be restricted. Just, just, you know. It, it, it was cool it was just a cool album and you know this is one like i didn't really know really what to expect going in because i'm like well i listen to this like one album kind of in high school yeah uh, i know it's punk so it's gonna be sad if it's bad <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's it's just good that it's uh you know they've i guess been consistently good <laughs> yeah yeah okay Cool. He's not hurting my feelings because, uh, but but I'm not that kind of Rancid fan, like, or a fan of anything where I just like, oh, I like this band. I'm gonna just like, you know, put my blinders on and like, you know, uh, kowtow to whatever they do. I I criticize, you know, bands I like, and I give props to bands I hate when they do something like. Um, but you know, the last the first couple singles they put out for this album had me thinking it was gonna like be more hardcore punk energy, like their self titled Rancid album from 2000 uh if you like uh hardcore punk mitch i would recommend you listen to that album i'll check that out um and while this album and that album have no ska songs on it i feel like this album isn't as aggressive as that one but it still has that fast tempo street punk nonetheless and it's a standard punk rock sound that Rancid has been doing for like the second half of their 30 plus year career. So let's get into some songs I have opinions on because I think the title track really like just gets you right in there with that garbled, um, gritty, like faux British vocals that, that Tim Armstrong does in the verses. Lars Fredrickson handles like the pre-chorus on that song where he doing like the melodic, melodic yelling he does while bass Matt Freeman joins in on the actual hook, the tomorrow, tomorrow, he's doing that part. Now, I always love Matt Freeman's uh, guttural two-pack of cigarette-a-day vocals. <laughs> yeah. 
because they're so rare nowadays where he sang a lot on the first two albums. Then out come the wolves, as you heard, you don't get a peep out of that guy. And then no, like it's funny you say about Cyrus. I'll I'll never forget the same guy who like showed me Rancid when we were in high school and showed me most of the punk bands and got me into what I listened to. He I remember him, like, I was like, man, like we should have a punk band. Like I'd love to do like vocals for a punk band or something. And he was like, All right, so in order to start off, you have to smoke two packs a day. Yeah. <laughs> like, <okay. laughs> and you were like done. You just pull the oh. whole pack out, light it all like, you know, you know, like conehead oh, style. Funny, I'm 15. <laughs> yeah. But uh Matt uh, here's a, that my my issue I'll do real quick about that is uh Matt says tomorrow on the first song and he sings a few a four-line verse on another track that Mitch mentioned yet that's more vocals than he did on the last album. So it's like, <laughs> I'm at the point now where if I hear him sing, I'm not going to get super excited. Like, oh, he's going to sing like an actual full song like he used to. I'm like, you're just trying to like get me to get excited. And then I listen to that. I'm like, you know, you get a, he just gets, does backing vocals. That's it. But anyway, he sings a little bit more on this album. So uh, I feel like the track uh, Devil in Disguise, which is like the uh, third track, right? And then yeah. from that point forward, the next few songs sound like they could have been Dropkick Murphy songs, but oh, that, without the bagpipes. I, I literally meant to say that shit, man. I, that's that's the one fucking note I forgot to mention. I was getting a lot of Dropkick Murphys vibes from this shit. A lot of like the gang vocals. I could imagine, you know, a bunch yeah. of drunk guys in a bar singing along. But I don't. It's like not bad. I think sometimes when you mention Dropkick Murphys, people are like, "Oh, then it sucks." But it's like I, yeah. I don't like Dropkick Murphys, so I, I don't think that's a bad thing. <laughs> Oh, you like them, right? Yeah, I, you, I, I yeah. I'm the, I'm the same way. I'm like, I don't have a problem with them, but it's just like when my favorite band sounds like them, distinctly sounds like them. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like the bloody and violent history, like where they were singing, like because I remember, you know, Jackie Murphy's where Al and like uh, uh, Ken when they do like the vo- dual vocals when that chords, the bloody and violent history, like it. Dun, dun, dun. The boys are back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that whole like what you're singing when they when they do that and that dumping like beat, boom, yeah. boom, boom. like that's a Dropkick Murphy song. Like and then even that song on uh, New New American, same thing. I get Dropkick Murphy vibes. And I thought to myself, like, hey, no, I sh- maybe the reason is because if you don't you don't know this, Mitch, I don't know if you know, but Rand said tour with Dropkick Murphys with that Boston to Berkeley tour they did twice in 2017 oh. and 2000. 20 they were going to do but then it got covid and they canceled it till the following year so i went to the first one but not the second one because i'm like i don't want to see the same tour again and what was cool about that tour real quick is they both were co-headlining so it take turns like ending this show so you would get a full long set for both bands so it wouldn't be a big deal but then after for the encore both bands would come on the stage and they do like six five or six cover songs together so it was like it was really cool show but I was just like, oh, well, maybe that rubbed off on them and they, and they did that. So I'm like, maybe the next Dropkick Murphys album will sound like a Rancid album. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but another band that they sound like, the song called Live Forever. It's like when it's like that really fast, like breakneck pace of playing like nonstop shows and Tim's like delivering like the quick, like like solid rhyme scheme. I got, I don't know if you got that for that. You remember that song, the live Live Forever? Yeah. Did you get like Ramones slash Bouncing Souls vibes from that song? 
I could, like, I could see that. I could definitely see that, yeah. Yeah, it was just like, I totally was thinking of that band. Uh, I, I really like the Prisoners song like to you because, you know, Matt sings at their verse. So I'm like, all right, we get some Matt vocals. Some pretty sick bass tab because I don't know if you noticed this, but Matt Freeman is like a fucking bass playing god. And like some song where he's just like, and like he's like doing that, like Prisoner's song, he does that. <laughs> and I gotta say, this <laughs> so funny. I hope, I hope you felt the same. I wanna hear your story on this song. But the one way ticket song, I wanna give it credit for having the, the longest pause in a song I've heard to the day. Yeah. I was like, is something going on with my fucking phone? Like, what is like, think, 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 You guys think of the Fugazi, the wedding room song, if you've heard it, the actual album. I know I know the radio like would cut that break down shorter because they don't want dead air. But I think the the the, the dead air and one way ticket is longer than that. It, it really does feel like it. it. I was I literally had to look at my phone and be like, did it just turn off or is it? Because it ends where it's like you think the song is over, but then when why does the next song start, right? Yeah, like was there like a hidden track? Is it over? What's going on? And then you hear that snare, and then it comes back to that verb, that that chorus again. I'm like, that was crazy. Like, I I really hope they play that song live, and when they do that part, they stop. The lights come on. They're all in like that pose, like waiting. We all start cheering. Yeah, yeah. They hold it and even. Then, Hold it, yeah, hold it for like a good minute, dude. Like, and like maybe the, the, the Lars goes up to the mic and says something like, you know, you guys ready? You guys ready? You know, you know, something like that. But yeah. damn, that was a long break. Like Billy Joel. <laughs> yeah, that was a long break, dude. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah, the album has 16 tracks, and like Mitch said, it, it's it's uh less than half an hour. So pretty much you're getting like a minute and a half cuts on this album. They're, 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 they're in and out on every song. Um, I look for one of like two things for a Rancid album. But um, I think what we should do here is because I'm the fan, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let I'm going to let it percolate and let you say any other things you probably wrote down before I get my final rating on this, because I think my rating is more important. So, so are you doing your rating first or am I doing my rating? I'm doing my rating first right now. Yeah, because you're not important, so I'll go. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. No, I know that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fucking, uh, yeah, man, It's it was just a consistently fun and good punk record. Like I said, there was no part where I was rolling my eyes or being like, oh, these guys are too old to be doing this. Yeah. It was like you wouldn't even think about their age when listening to it. It's just fun punk. The lyrics are still meaningful. Call to action, sort of political shit, which I love. And well, hey, wait, Mitch, did you notice the lyrics aren't like really personal? It seemed like they're a storytelling where it's like, you know, the olden days of like the gold rush or, you know, like gangsters from the old days and um, being a, uh, I would feel, I feel like New American, it's about like, you know, immigration back in the day or now I'm a New yeah, yeah. American, you know, the, the, blood what is it blood sweat mud and gold yeah that's what yeah blood blood sweat stuff, stuff like that it's like all the songs are about like something that they probably were reading about and like oh let's make a song about it, as opposed to like current events yeah that did you like notice that or you don't care because the music was good i don't know i i don't know i guess i wasn't thinking about it that deep <laughs> yeah but uh 
no, that is cool though. And I'm, like I said, I'm going to be listening to this one again. So, um, I'll, I'll definitely look out for that more. Um, but yeah, for, I guess my final rating, I, I'd give it a high download this. I, it was just, mm. yeah, just a fun punk record. Um, do I need to buy it? Not necessarily, but you know, I think there's a lot of other punk records I would buy before I buy this one that I don't have yet, but yeah. Just, you know, listen to it. It's, you know, really good to, if you skate, really good uh, skate soundtrack there. Makes you want to go out. It's good. Okay. Mm. Well, I look for two things for a Rancid album. Either it's got to be punk as fuck or really catchy. And if they can do both at the same time, that's a bonus. And I don't think uh, with this album, um, you know, when they do catchy stuff, they put ska music on there. Obviously, that's a more possibility possibility of it being catching. So they do that on certain albums, but uh, even without any ska songs on there, I think I think there are still some catchy numbers on here. Which you know, you hear it once, where it's like "Tomorrow Never Comes." Like I hear it once, it's like oh, it's in my head. Like when they say that song, they they call they call him Eddie the Butcher. I hear it once in my head, or "Don't make me do it, don't make me do it, don't make me do it, don't make me do it." Like it's in my head hear it once it's in there but another song is like i gotta like listen to it more than once like and then i will kind of like get into my head where it's like i don't feel like it's that catchy um i guess i was expecting more of a hardcore record from the singles they released because uh i don't know if you feel about this where that song i mentioned the um and also the length of the songs where like don't make me do it it's like a minute long yeah but but and I thought that was an appropriate time because it's like, well, this song's not really going anywhere. We can end it here. Whereas I thought the the song I mentioned earlier with the second track, the um, what's it called? What's the fucking second song? Uh, something about gold, mud, sweat, blood, sweat, and gold. Uh, mud, mud, blood, and gold. Mud, blood, and gold. Yeah. I'm like, there could be more to this song. Why is it over already? It was like 50 seconds. Mm. Where did you notice that? Where it's like, you know, the the guitar is like more, more post hardcore. And then, like, the lyrics are coming in. I guess with kind of, like, punk and, and these sorts of bands, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I mean, it's punk. It's oh, okay. I, I, I don't know. I guess I'm just used to that sort of shit with this genre. So it's not even I, – I mean, I can understand as a fan, and it's just like, oh, I well, I wanted more. you know, Because that's how I yeah. felt with Joji's album. You know, when I talked about that in my top tens, it was like, I yeah. loved it. But it felt like a lot of the songs you really could have kept going, but you didn't. Right. Yeah, that's the only song I would say out of 16 tracks where I'm like, you could have added maybe the appropriate minute and 30 seconds and made it longer. But other than that, you know, it's not hardcore like I wanted. And I listened to it the first couple of times. I'm like, it's not what I expected. So then now you had to get in the, the mind state of like, okay, if I take away the Dropkick Murphy's like influence, I take away the Ramones influence songs. And um, I just accept that it's not going to be the 2000 album all the way through it's just like certain stuff is like street punk some some stuff is hardcore punk but at the same time it's at a certain length um it's it's still rancid being safe and maybe a tad predictable maybe a little bit formulaic but the more i listen to it and the more i talk to you i'm like hey i should actually be more appreciative of what they're doing this um i'm not getting everything i wanted but they are doing some good shit so I'm going to actually up my rating from what I was going to say from a, a unsurprised download this. I'm going more with a, you know, 
pleasantly uh, pleased low by this. You know, same thing. Um, yeah, yeah I'm, I think it's actually worth getting the vinyl. You know, if you if you wait a little bit, some people might return it, get the used copy of it. You won't be disappointed at all. It definitely is worth hearing as a Ransom fan. And it might actually, you know, bump up to your, if you want to rank the albums, and you might actually put it on a higher tier than a lower one. It's actually that good. Um, all right, so... Before we get out of here, I just want to let you know, speaking of Rancid, I might end up doing a um, ranking of the all 10 albums in the coming months because I noticed that our rankings are doing pretty well. So I'm actually going to have a guest on the episode. The, uh, the punk guy from California does uh, punk album reviews on his uh, YouTube channel. He, uh, I got in touch with him. He said he wants to do it with us. So um, I will do that after I give this album a few more listens. But I must warn you guys, since I'm, uh, I would say a Die Hard Ransom fan, I'm not gonna go the uh, cliche route and put like the uh, popular album at number one. This will be considered a contrarian ranking. And I'll be coming up real soon. Um, wanna also thank you, Mitch, for hanging in there, doing the shows with me still. Of course. This was fun. Especially when we kind of agree on the, the albums. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, makes, I wasn't sure if that's how it was going to go today, but that's how it went. <laughs> you were listening to the Foo Fighters, like, I bet he's going to hate this and make you feel weird. Or, no. <laughs> I bet he's going to love this Avenged Sevenfold because it's metal. Seven, and, no, I was like, I really am not sure how he's going to feel about Avenged Sevenfold. Is he going <laughs> to give shit for eating this? Who knows? You can yeah. be unpredictable sometimes, for real. I like that, you know. <laughs> but yeah, we'll do that, and um, we'll be back in a couple weeks to wrap up the June because uh, I know we weren't doing a lot of shows in May, but we'll have more shows. And then, the eight, and then July and going forward, second half of 2023, will be way more consistent. We'll have guests on the show. We'll have uh, more promotions for what other people are doing. And we'll have lots of fun as well. And lots of drinks as well. Um, and that wraps everything up. We'll be back a couple weeks. Thank you very much, Mitch. Of course. Always a pleasure. Here's how to get in touch with us. We have our email. You can email us any of your thoughts and comments at njhabberradio at gmail.com. You also can um, go to our YouTube channel, find our YouTube at Public Perspectives. Make sure you subscribe to our channel, hit the bell, and like our videos and share them with all your friends. Give us our comments and follow us on all our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Public Perspectives. And um, finally, like I said, we have our Patreon. We will be doing more of our retro reviews in the coming months. Uh, and if you don't want to wait that long, become a patron. Give us some suggestions of albums you listened to in the past. That will be fun for us to talk about. Um, it'll be a lot of fun. I will take in all any requests because, as you can see, I bought the Mac and Me soundtrack. So we don't mind talking about shitty albums as well. Hope you guys are enjoying your summer. We'll be back and have a good Father's Day. And we'll talk all about, about that afterwards. Bye-bye, everybody. Later. Peace out. <laughs>